Hello, dear baby listener. This is Alan Newton, uh, one of your hosts for the show. Um, just want doing a special little thing at the beginning of this episode. Um, first of all, the normal stuff. Uh, the show is produced in association with the network. That's bicbp-radio-dot-com, not dash com. That won't get you anywhere. Um, you can find our show and other great shows at uh, that website there. Um, the show is very spoiler heavy. We recommend uh, playing the game before you listen to the episode because we don't. We're going to spoil you so so hard. We're going to spoil you so much. So if that's a problem, let's play the game first. Or if you want to listen to another episode, in the meantime, yeah, you should go do that. But this game we are discussing today deals with some sensitive topics. So by extension, this episode features some discussion of sensitive topics, more so than we usually do in this podcast. So this is a content warning for substance abuse, child abuse, and discussions of racism. Listener discretion is advised. Q, hey, Q. Uh, yes? I mean, <laughs> next, next time I see you, can you please remind me to give you an actual pop filter? What's wrong with not... my sock? <laughs> it's a good sock, man. It's an actual g- sweaty, discolored gym sock on top of your microphone. It's fine, dude. Look. It's got full 360-degree mm-hmm. coverage. Yeah. It's a nice okay. material. Yeah, tell me the, the specs. Tell, yeah. me on your, tell me on your sock pop filter. <laughs> it's, it's a short heel, long ankle. It's a good mm-hmm. sock. <laughs> it's got wicking power. So your Ooh. foot doesn't get sweaty. Um, so your microphone, when your microphone's sweating during a long recording. I don't know if it has a brand name <laughs> well, on it. Well, I mean, maybe you get really into it while you're recording and you start sweating onto your microphone. Sweating. And then you have the yeah. sock there to help with that. Yeah, and and the sweat wicking works by mm-hmm. just, like, proximity. Like, it doesn't have to actually be touching. It, it wicks yeah. your sweat away just by being near you, like a force field. Correct. It's a sweat wicking force field from the makers of Pop Sock. Um, There's a whole market for that. Yeah. I actually, I kind of love the idea of just like going out, like buying a bunch of socks on AliExpress and then turning around and selling them as pop sock, the new <laughs> the, like, sock. The, the cheaper sock as a pop filter for your microphone. Um, there is, um, <laughs> this is an actual true story in Atlanta, um, somewhat close to where we live. I don't want to dox myself, but there is a. In a large parking lot, there is a van that is permanently parked there that on the side says 50 socks for $12. It's like a sock no van. Way. <laughs> I've never had the courage to go inquire you about the socks. the sock van, man. You really do, yeah. What are you doing out uh, here with, with more expensive <laughs> socks than that? Wow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm just wasting all my money on all, all my. Imagine I, I could be so wealthy, a man of means, if I hadn't wasted all of my material wealth on 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 four dollar packs of socks. <laughs> yeah, for six. Well, that's and that's ridiculous. like that's the perfect base for the pop sock product. You just buy a bunch of those. Exactly. That's then, what I'm saying. I'm synergizing yeah, for like fifty dollars. You've started a, a multi million dollar business. Guys, I think this is it. I think we've cracked it. I think we're gonna. Um, this is it. Like this, I'm scrap this, scrapping the podcast. Scrapping. I'm <laughs> quitting. I'm quit. I'm quitting my job. Yep. I've already quit my job. I just sent it on my phone. 
um, terrible resignation letter. I, I burned a lot of bridges, and we are going to go. It's fine though. You're never going back. We're gonna flip socks. Like that's we're in the sock flipping business. We're gonna buy these socks on the cheap, repurpose them as pop socks. Pop sock nation. Let's go. That's a good well play. <laughs> Getting some water. There we go. Um. You mean your your bong? That's that's my water bottle. It's your wa- That's clear. That's a clearly a, a bong. What's on your water bottle? I what just have that? like stickers from different artists that I like. So we got like a little ghost. Oh, oh wow! It's Team Rocket. Oh, that's Princess so adorable. Peach, that is not Kirby, a bong, Figgy. It's Rouge a stein. A little cat. It's a, st- <laughs> it's a chibi stein. It's like a thermos. It's really cool. It's double walled, so it like keeps cold in really well. So I'll like put some ice in there at the start of the day, and it's just like there the whole have day. Have you considered putting a sock on it? I have it, but now I will. Oh, that world. would that would be pretty good insulation, especially if it's got wicking power. Add some flavoring, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it'd be a huge sock. You need like a sock for an elephant. Well, who wears who wears those Christmas socks? The ones you hang up by the the fire. What, what are those marketed oh, st- towards? St- stockings. Did you forget the word for stockings? Big <laughs> <laughs> <think> socks. <laughs> I'm just saying, go get some of those. Those are nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Decorated the Christmas pine. Hung the Christmas socks. It's Figio, and welcome to Goat Games, where we only play the best games. On Goat Games, we take a look at games that are widely considered the greatest of all time. You can't see it, but I'm doing air quotes. Um, and talk about them. Are they great? What makes them great? Or are they just overrated? Let's find out. I'm your host, Alan Newton. You can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv backslash Figio. I'm joined today by Q. Y'all, what's up? My name's Q, not associated with QAnon in any form. <laughs> just gonna have to say that every time now, huh? I'm just gonna have to get that out there now that you brought it out. Um, yeah, um, and you, that's it. What's up? Wonderful. Yeah, that's it. Short and sweet. Love it. And, and I'm joined today by uh, Rob. Yeah, I'm uh, Rob, Super Captain Rob on Twitch. I'm a variety streamer, accidental just chatter, and somewhat overweight man who is on a fitness journey that you can help with. Ooh. Which, all you need to do is come to my channel, twitch.tv slash supercaptainrob, and by redeeming channel points, which you can get for free just by watching, you can make me use this shake weight live on my stream. It's all about exercise and health, and it has nothing to do with the chat, the fact that my chat thinks it's funny to pick embarrassing moments to make me look like I'm pleasuring a giant disembodied robot penis. Come hang out. I'd love to say hi. (laughs) That is incredible. It's been a really fun redeem. Yeah, that's <laughs> I have not been in on a Rob stream lately, but and now I realize that I am missing out. I'm always if you're not on Rob streams, you are just you're perpetually missing out. Um any moment that you're not spending watching Rob, including sleeping, including spending time with your loved ones, including working, is wasted time. That's true.
I have been playing a couple of weird games, um, which I need to start playing Bayonetta for the next episode. Um, Two. Uh, Bay- right. Okay. Bayonetta the second coming. Bayonetta, Bayonets, Bayonets twice. Yes. Um, um, what games? Have any of y'all pl- have, did any of y'all play the game Immortality? Uh-uh. Never heard of it. I have a whole bunch of, I, I, am I the, I think I'm the only one in our group who plays like a huge bunch of indie games maybe i really like indie games so i definitely oh, play some okay. indie games yeah oh, like okay, I, great. I just played inscription yesterday that was really cool. oh nice i've heard good things i it's... i've heard that's an amazing game i've been i turned off from it because it's a deck building game and i hate mm. deck building games i love them so it's right up my yeah. alley because i love those and i love it i love a good roguelite so but i hear yeah it's, but i hear that it's like very it's a lot Even, more simple and accessible than any other deck building game I've played before, too. So, like, if you have any interest in it, I think it would be a good way to learn. Yeah. So. Um. Have you um gotten to any big twists in it yet? Because apparently, Not it's like yet. a game that. Okay, I won't spoil. Yeah, I don't I've know what the spoiler crazy. Yeah, I don't know what the spoilers are, but apparently the game just like flips on its head multiple times throughout the game. So I don't know what they are, but I've been playing. Uh, me and Miranda played Immortal are playing Immortality. Um, it's a Sam Barlow game. Highly recommend it. It's really weird and fucked up. Wait, is that that? That's that weird one with the videos and stuff. Yes, I yeah, saw yeah, you yeah. play a little bit of that. It's it's barely a game. It's more like an interactive movie hmm. thing uh, where, like, you are slowly unraveling the story of this actress by going through her film, um, like, history, looking at, like, clips of her film, and then there's this, like, this, like whole secret story. Anyway, it's pretty cool. That sounds it's a lot not... better than the last interactive movie that I saw. Which was? It was called... Let me see. Okay, give me a second to find the whole title of it because it's a genuine mouthful. Oh man! Speaking of movies, uh, Q and I and our spouses and friends watched. Um, what were what were the two Christmas movies we watched? Q. Oh boy, the Wedding Planner. The Wedding Planner on Netflix was the first one. Um, it was if you like movies that are so bad they're good, I highly recommend the Wedding Planner. It was, it was so. Oh, it was so bad. <laughs> it was delightful it was an ending then, you will never forget yeah it was wild it was a <laughs> wild wild ride all right i found it so for wait, context wait, we found this this is a full motion video game um that we found because there's actually a category for it on twitch and it's called sanic the hot dog the movie the game 2.1 electric boogaloo 2.2 <laughs> version 4 the squeakquel vhs edition director's cut special edition the musical and knuckles the game no shot <laughs> hold on what? hold on you can like only I... find like youtube recordings of it now you can so we found you can we found it on steam and also on google play and it's there, but if you click buy on it, it won't let you buy it anymore. Um, but you can like <laughs> not find... safe for human consumption. <laughs> the FDA took it off the shelves. What? What? How do I? What is it? How do I find what? What? If you look for Sanic the hot dog, you'll find it. Honestly, I don't recommend okay. watching it. The title is the funniest part of it. Um, okay. Oh, okay. So like, it doesn't. It's deliver. like pure cringe. Um, but yeah. Well, it sounds like it's self-aware though. No, it it's self-aware, but it's like so self-aware. It's like um, I don't know. It's like 
it's very lol XD random humor. If you if you get what oh, I'm saying. Oh yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah 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 I do know what you which, mean. Which like when you when you like see the like, like that makes sense with the title. Um, but yeah. Um, apparently the the company that makes it though makes other games. So they had ones like I don't remember, I think one of them they had on the PlayStation Four was called like I'm in love with your grandmother or something. So I don't know. They make other full motion video games. Oh, good. Yeah, <laughs> I'm happy. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> Undeterred. <laughs> Undeterred. They cannot be stopped. This one may no longer be available for human consumption, but that has not stopped them. Dear sweet baby listener, today we are talking about the game Disco Elysium. Um, I've prepared a little statement. I'm bringing us back down to earth. Our statements have gotten too big, too grandiose, too overwrought. I just, I'm just, I just wrote some honest words with a plucky attitude, and I'm just gonna say them, okay? I don't have a cool production thing like Steve. I, 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 I don't, I don't talk about how this game like saved me from like a burning building or anything like that. Like, it's just a good game. I'm just gonna talk about how th- this game is good. It's not written okay? from the perspective of our limbic system. No, Rob, I literally had that idea, though. I was going to do that. That was literally my idea, but then I was like, I don't, first of all, I don't know if I can, I can't write as well, and I definitely can't act as well. If I do that, it's going to be cringy. <laughs> like, that's what I, I, but I had that exact same idea. I was going to, I was going to try and do like the, like, voices and shit, but I knew I wouldn't be able to pull it off. Thank you, Rob, for looking into my mind, seeing my idea, and then exposing my mediocrity. (laughs) 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 I think it's just that great minds think alike. I feel like we're already talking about the game. Just the way this is all breaking (laughs) down. (laughs) I feel like that's fitting for for what this game is, though. Go ahead, Ficky. We'll stop interrupting you. No, please interrupt me. It's funnier when you interrupt me. Um, Okay. Um. Dear baby listener, are you a sad, substance-abusing, hobo police officer wandering the streets, raving and ranting, warning the people of the apocalypse, the gloaming, coming to rend the chattel of the world from its roots? Have you ever hunted down giant insect cryptids? Have you ever solved the murder of a mercenary during a bloody dispute between a corrupt dock workers' labor union and a neoliberal fascist corporate conglomerate? Have you ever tried to turn the remains of... Oh, I gotta take a big breath for this one. (gasps) Have you ever tried to turn the remains of a church inhabited by a teetotaling crab man into a dance club espousing the virtues of the burgeoning hardcore aesthetic only to find a two-millimeter hole in reality right smack dab in the middle of your church slash hardcore dance club that's threatening to grow and consume all of reality? Are you a pinball wizard? Have you ever spent days hunting down the perfect, devastatingly tragic song to subject a bar to hearing you sing on karaoke night? Have you ever had your heart broken so thoroughly that it's easier to forget all of reality than to continue remembering the way things used to be? Whether that sounds like far-fetched fantasy or a little too close to home, have I got the game for you. Disco Elysium's world was originally conceived by Estonian writer and musician Robert Kurvitz and his bandmates one drunken evening in 2001. Reportedly while playing DJ Tiesto's rendition of Adagio for strings on repeat all night. The game was 
Uh, the game was originally envisioned as a tabletop RPG, but that project ultimately didn't go anywhere. And then the world was repurposed for a commercially unsuccessful novel written by Kurvitz. Um, it's actually written. I think you can. I think you can get it. But I think it's all not in English. So, um, finally, the idea was reconceptualized as an isometric detective game with reactive storytelling in the vein of Planescape or Baldur's Gate. Despite Kurvitz having little experience with video games prior, the game was released to critical and audience acclaim, winning multiple awards and winning Game of the Year from several publications. I had trouble finding the exact sales figures of the game. Um, but it seems to have done well commercially as well. In Disco, you play, you play as Harry Dubois, a.k.a. the Human Can Opener, a.k.a. the Firewalker, a.k.a. the Icebreaker, a.k.a. Raphael Ambrosius Gasto, a.k.a. Tequila Sunset. You awake after a breathtaking bender with complete amnesia to not only recent events, but to everything. You soon learn that you are a cop who was sent to the neighborhood of Martin Mays to investigate a murder. You soon meet Kim, Kitsi- Kim Kitsuragi, who becomes your police partner through the game. As you meet the inhabitants of Martinez, you and Kim unfold not only the mystery of the murder, but also the mystery of the beautifully realized world of Elysium, and most intriguingly, the mystery of who you are. So, dear baby listener, join us as we slip into the shoes of an unmitigated disaster of a human being and discuss Disco Elysium. Bravo. Bravo. Thank you. We don't need to clap every time. I think we should save the clapping for when someone really (laughs) goes above and beyond. Thank you. You did a good job, Vicky. You really did. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, So, guys, um, I will start us off with the discussion of our experience with this game. I imagine it'll be pretty short. Um, So, yeah, I played this uh, game shortly after it came out. Shortly after, can I ask? after the pc release or the the console ports i believe i played it on pc and i believe i played it shortly after the pc release um not like right after but like a couple months or something i I didn't my original playthrough was not the final cut um okay i'm sure okay i don't know if y'all are aware that the version you played is like a upgraded version or whatever so um It's become, and um, I, I fell in love immediately. This game, uh, I love the aesthetic and the writing of this game. It's, uh, you know, if you're, if you're, uh, I think it's really, really uh, pertinent to our, like, cynical, sarcastic generation and um, just the kind of, like, sad boy aesthetic that so many, like, people have. Um and yeah, and it became one of my top recommended games to not only uh, gamers that I know, uh, uh, but to people with little interest in video games. I think it's a really good place to sell people on video games because it's really well written. It's hilarious. It's the gameplay is very, very, very accessible. Um, uh, it's so well written that someone could come into this game knowing nothing about video games and extract so much value from it. So yeah, I mean, my history is basically. I mean, like this isn't like a classic game that like I grew up with or a game that like you know altered my life in some way like some of these other games have been this has just been like a good game i played recently and i evangelize and proselytize its virtues to anyone who will listen so yeah i like it it's a good game is it a goat i don't know maybe but uh yeah so that's my experience um 
Rob, why don't you talk about uh, sure. your experience with the yeah. game? So I had been hearing about this game for years and thinking I should really give it a play. Um, I know like a couple of my favorite video game critics, people that I really respect, like Zero Punctuation and Michael Swaim, both like absolutely sung the praises of this game. Um, but I just like, you know, it, it, it seemed like a daunting task to take on. And it is very different from a norm, from like most games in terms of how you play it. So I did just like never set the time aside until we decided to cover it for the podcast. So yeah, this was my first time playing it. It's a, um, it was a really good experience. I absolutely loved it. And, um, yeah, I don't know. That's like my whole experience with it, but, um, I'm excited to get yeah. into the details of it. Heck yeah, totally. Um, Q. Uh, yeah, I didn't really know what this game was until I picked it up a month ago and started playing it. I've heard, I've heard, uh, Figgy talk about it, um, here and there, but didn't know too much about it. So anyway, it was definitely, definitely different. It is one of the most unique games I have ever played, um, video game wise. There's definitely nothing quite quite like the experience of Disco Elysium. And I did stick it out and I, I beat the game. Um, it, it It's a pretty long game. Um, at yeah. least if you try, yeah. if you are curious and try to explore and don't want to just blow through it, um, it's, it's a big beefy game. There's a lot to unpack in there. Uh, but it was, it was pretty fun. Yeah, I had a, I had a, a great time overall playing it. It is much longer than I remember. Um, I remember it being like a pretty quick jaunty, not jaunty, that does so, not describe this game at all. But. <laughs> I think part of that could be, though, because you said you played it before the Final Cut version, right? Which would yes, not have been correct. voice acted. And the voice acting in this is legitimately worth listening to. So if you listen to all yeah. of the voice acting, your playthrough this time would have probably been much longer than it was because you can read faster than you can um, listen. Yeah, that probably is a, a a part of it. I was also like, because it was my second playthrough, I also um was really thorough in trying mm. to make sure that I I saw I did most of the big things you can do. Um, and you know I may have had to save scum to do that, and I'm not uh you know, but I'll just head that off of the past because I know that's going to get asked. Um, <laughs> you know, I have I have precious little time on this blue cinder that we call Earth, and I want to spend it enjoying things the way i want to enjoy them and so i you know was pretty thorough in trying to see everything that i could um but yeah it ended up being a much longer experience than i had remembered it being um so uh yeah um let's start getting into the meat of uh of of this game of, of this game we'll start with visuals so we'll start with visuals uh i don't know how, how did y'all feel about the visuals i personally really really love the um the aesthetic of this game it's, it's, it the whole great. game yeah yeah i love the painterly kind of like mm -hmm. aspect of everything like i love how everything is just kind of like you know i'm not i'm not particularly well versed in the technical aspects of art and painting necessarily but I, the whole thing just feels very painterly feel like water sure. like, kind of like a weird like smear of like watercolors and stuff mm -hmm. like and has this it has like, the kind expression. of like faded quality you would expect from a watercolor painting yeah yeah, exactly. And, and and the whole thing just kind of exists in this, like, I don't know, like, visually, like, this, like, liminal kind of, like, 
expressionist, barely detailed kind of like uh, visual aesthetic that um, I think sir, I think it looks really, really great uh, uh, personally. Um, so uh, specifically, I love the um, I love the portraits of all the characters. Um, I don't know if you took time to look mm-hmm. at them. Uh, you can look up. You can look at like there's like a gallery where you can look at all of them, and the and each of them is like so one gorgeous. Like I'd hang any of them up on my wall, like as is, and then like um, they do such a good job of capturing like they're all the a similar style. Um, but they all capture the like, kind of like vibe and, and, and like um, emotionalism of each character like so like beautifully and also like succinctly. Um, so it's a couple of other, couple of things I noticed. Any guys? Did, what did y'all notice about the visuals? Anything at all? Um, go. I remember being like kind of shocked when I first started it at like what it looked like because I I like I'd been hearing about the game but like had seen the box art but that was it. And, like, didn't expect it to look the way that it looks. Because um, it really doesn't look like anything else. Like, there are other games that have a painterly art style to them. But this is a game with a painterly art style that sometimes tries to... That often, frequently, tries to express the ugliness of what is happening in its world visually. In a way that 100%. I have not seen a lot of other games do. Especially games with a painterly style. Um and I remember being like kind of taken aback at first where there's like this weird juxtaposition between the care and beauty with which it's painted and the ugliness of what is being depicted. Um, but I think that's like one of the the many like beautiful things that this game does well is is it uses those visuals to create both high and low points in terms of what you're experiencing. Um so yeah, it's yeah. I like I remember at first being like, "Oh, this is ugly." Like it, 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 it took me a little <laughs> while to acclimate to it, but then like as I kept getting absorbed more and more into it, like by the end I was just like, even when this game is like trying to show me something ugly, there is also like a real beauty to the care with which it is depicted. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think that aesthetic design philosophy applies. Um, from the top down. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's just the paint. I, uh, I, that was going to be one of the points I mentioned. Great minds think alike, Rob. Is, <laughs> yeah. The, um, yeah, that they're depicting ugly things in a beautiful way. Like yeah. they aren't trying to make a, you know, it's not like a, you know, like what, like a breath of the wild where it's like this, you know, like it's rendered beautifully and it's like, this world is so amazing and gorgeous. Even the dilapidated ruins are just pretty. Like they are unapologetic with like, yeah. you're living in a very grounded real world that is like ugly but mm-hmm. and then but then i think that i think this exists in the writing and the characters as well but i think i kind of like one of the philosophical takeaways or um is that there's like beauty in that ugliness um and that like you know something doesn't have to be a beautifully rendered perfect piece to be beautiful um and yeah so i think i i think that isn't just i i think that aesthetic is intentional because i think yeah. it's reflected in the writing i think um it's reflected in the characters um as well i i, I be- yeah wonderfully pointed out and said because that's exactly what i was thinking as well and then not only just like the like style that it was rendered in but like every aspect you know last episode we, we talked a whole lot about like world building through aesthetic with mm-hmm. bioshock uh rob was not here but i can 
in my heart, in my head, he was nodding in agreement and saying, and you know, the whole time and like <laughs> adding salient points. Um, but yeah, and I think that that exists in this game as well. Um, you know, you, you exist in a very like specific kind of like time mm -hmm. in this world's history and the whole like little town that, so the world, the, the game, the world of the game is called Elysium. The city that it takes place in is called Revachal. And the neighborhood you're in that the whole game takes place in is called Martinez. And so Revachal and specifically this like kind of beachhead of Martinez was like the site of a, of a, uh, was like the part of the epicenter of a revolution that happened, I think like 50 years ago in the game's time. And, um, the city was just like ravaged and devastated. And you're essentially walking through what amounts to like a ghetto of this city that is like, you know, people kind of like putting together pieces of their lives um and living in these like kind of like I, I you know i don't i don't want to be insensitive I, I don't know but essentially living in this kind of squalor mm -hmm. um and um even though the aesthetic of the game like the way it's rendered is really pretty they don't try to make that squalor like beautiful like they try to be like it's a it's a wonderful blend of like this this is the way the world is it is not inherently it's not inherently beautiful but we're going to depict it in a beautiful way. Um, and I think it's part of the storytelling and world building of like, you aren't in a beautiful metropolis. You aren't in a nature, a, a beautiful nature, utopia, idyllic, um, bucolic, you know, scene to run around in. You're in a war ravaged ghetto. Um, and I don't think they're apologetic about that. I think it helps. It's a, it's a good blend of grounding the game and elevating the game, which I think the game does. I've been rambling a long time. Sorry. Um, the game does a good job of being both grounded and elevated at any given chance that it has a chance to. So, sorry. I did not mean to talk so long. You guys got to stop me when I talk for a long time. So you got, someone has to jump in and save me from myself. Because <laughs> like, I just start ranting and I don't stop. Uh, um, like, I, I think it's really cool. The the art style, The it's almost two different art styles from the portraits and then what you actually see in the 3D part of the game are slightly mm -hmm. different. Mm -hmm. um, but, like, the whole very looking, looking very watercolory, um, water paint colors um complements the theme of the game so well like the art style and the the arching overarching theme of the game go hand in hand with you're in this world and everything's there's no really sharp details everything's a little bit blended and off yeah. and mm -hmm. your whole entire journey is a detective who doesn't know anything at all so you're just doing your yeah. best to put the pieces together and i think watercolor complements that very very well and then next to that you go actually you're playing the game you know they you can tell that they did not slack on any portion of the map as you're like every area is so detailed that it it's it's awesome like the moment you walk down into the whirling and rags it's kind of mm -hmm. overwhelming how much you're looking at and how well detailed every little pebble and nook and cranny of this place is. And then, you know, you go outside and there's so much to explore. Um, it's pretty cool. Uh, I think I think the art and you can never go wrong, really, with this type of art direction. There's something timeless about. I guess, as you put it, a painting esque mm -hmm. type of art style that doesn't really go outdated. 
um, it just looks yeah. really, really good. Yeah. Well, and that's like with the with the overruled in specific, like it has all of those details, but also like not counting the interiors of the buildings that you can go to. The overworld is all one enormous painting. You can't get to all of it when you start the game, but it's all one big painting. If you pull the camera back, it all holds together. It's all the same thing, Um, which is like really, really cool that you are like very literally wandering through this painting and it's just one big thing. No, no loading or anything. No breaks. Um, It's one solid piece. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's also a really good, yeah, point that you made, Q. Um, it's a little different than what we were saying to some degree, where mm-hmm. it's like not only is the aesthetic designed to kind of like reflect the world and to kind of reflect the ideals of the game that I think it's trying to get across, but also like it, it was a really good point of like this is like how Harry is kind of taking things in. Like he yeah. he is in a mental state where everything's kind of fuzzy and blurred, where the edges aren't really clear, where everything is a little bit like surreal um mm-hmm. because of both who he is as a person and because he's uh high because <laughs> 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 he's just yeah he's on full just, disco yeah, yeah so. he's, on, he's full disco yeah <laughs> um and so yeah i think that's a really good point i also like how uh just go, going back to the portraits again mm-hmm. um that the characters depicted in the um in the overworld are they're part of that same beautiful aesthetic but they're mm-hmm. a little bit more drab looking and I like how the expressionism. I, th- I feel like the expressionist. It, I keep using that word. Flip it. I, I'm not an art critic. I don't know if it's actually expressionism or not. It could be a completely different aesthetic. I don't know. But I like how like the more like um, I like how the uh, I'm going to just keep using the word expressionist. I um, think style impressionist of, is probably what you're looking for. Impressionist. Yeah. Uh, I know impressionist was like Van Gogh and Monet. I don't know what express. I don't know the difference between expressionism and impressionism. Some jism. Some. One of the jisms. Okay. Actually, they're like the weirdly related. You're probably right. Um, okay. Okay. <laughs> it's hard to. Yeah. Hard okay. To say. I, I looked it up because it's been a minute since I took art history classes. Impressionism would be like Monet, where it's just like the world is fuzzy. Expressionism, you're right, is like Van Gogh, where the world is fuzzy, but also it's meant to express something about the interior of the person experiencing it. Um, so, right. okay, yeah. you're right then. I mean, sure, maybe. I was kind of a stab <laughs> in the dark. <laughs> I just kind of picked the first artistry word I could think of. You got lucky. Um, you got lucky. Yeah, thank you. Thank, anyway, you. thank you. Thank you. Until I looked it up. Someone's got to um, pick up for Zach when he's not here. Right? That's right. Someone's <laughs> got to be our guy in the chair. <laughs> we should just text Zach like things to Google for us while we're while we're recording. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, so I, I think it also kind of reflects another thing I'm going to talk about later when we get more to the story and gameplay aspects, but the um, disparity between the real world and kind of like our thought lives mm-hmm. about how like you know, rich our internal monologues and internal um, thought lives are. Um, and I think the portraits kind of also do that as well. It's like yeah. the, the outside world is like, this is what this person looks like. But then the portraits are like, this is what this person is um, mm-hmm. kind of. Um, so, um, or maybe just how Harry perceives them. Um, they feel very much so. like they're expressing his like idea of their psychology more than they are expressing his idea of what they physically look like. Yeah, hundred um, percent. 
Oh, another thing, I another little um, point I had about the aesthetics is that um, this kind of goes with it being like all war torn and stuff. I feel like this because by depicting the world as being so bleak and so like just awful in some ways and not being super apologetic or trying to cover that up it creates a lot of uh, to me it engendered a lot of extra sympathy for the characters Mm. um like i don't know if this is a mandatory thing i don't know if any of y'all went and saw kuno's dad i did yeah um Mm. and yeah and i think that like when you actually see the conditions that kuno's living in and that he was raised in like i mean it's dark and stuff but it's doesn't shy away from that like from that darkness necessarily yeah and, um and i think that that makes that that quest alone makes me care for this otherwise absolutely atrocious little shit <laughs> of kuno <laughs> um like like, he, like he's just like until you you can actually warm up to him um mm-hmm. more and more i don't know if you guys at the tri- wait, quick side note, at the tribunal, did you guys protect Kim? Did Kim die for you guys? I protected Kim. What? Kim can die, um, or he or he gets gravely injured and is gone for the rest of the game. If you do that, you you can ask Kuno to be your partner, <laughs> and he will be your partner for the rest of the game. No way. <laughs> yes, I haven't. I've never done it, but <laughs> this game actually that. that is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, which, the, yeah, I, I'll get in that more when we talk about gameplay, but one thing I like about this game is that it doesn't make failure bad. Um, uh, anyway, um, so anyway, Kuno's otherwise generally shitty, but then when you go to his apartment and you mm-hmm. see this, like, the conditions that he's living in and raised in, it just, it engenders sympathy. And I think if they tried to make the world pretty and try to make everything, like, just, like, nice to look at at a, at a first glance, they would lose some of that you know, they would lose a lot of the uh, sympathy and empathy that that kind of realism yeah. brings to the table. I mean, like to like, I guess to give people who have never never played this game an idea of how bleak this world is. The character that Figgy's talking about, Kuno, when you first run into Kuno, he is in the like in this like backyard of a like cafeteria slash hotel. And there's a dead body that's been hanging from a tree for seven days. And this kid is just throwing rocks at it. Like that is the darkness and bleakness of this world. And the game does not shy away from that. Um, Yeah. And like depicting that. And the kid gets worse from there. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So much worse. When you you talk to him, he's just the worst. Another thing you can do if you fail a check is you can shoot and kill Kuno. Oh um, man, I, I did not realize that. What the f- yeah? Fuck? So there's a point when you're trying to get the hanged man down from the tree, where yeah. one of the options is to shoot it. I did that, and I, th- I think if you critically fail or fail under certain conditions, you miss and you accidentally shoot Kuno. Oh man, um, yeah. So again, I may take that out because it's about killing a kid. <laughs> but um, I mean, yeah, it's also like an important part of understanding like what this game is like. Heyo, it's Alan Newton from the future editing the podcast. Quick correction, I was wrong. You cannot actually harm Kuno um, on accident with the gun. It's actually his partner, Kuno S, the little girl behind the uh, fence, who's actually the mastermind behind a lot of Kuno's awfulness. You can accidentally harm that person. Doesn't make any better, uh, but, you know, just want to get the facts straight. All right, back to the show. Yeah, the game. Um, but I want to say, I, I, again, I, this is something 
for the game for the story and and writing part I, but i'll kind of preview it here i don't think this game i think this game gets away with a lot of like darkness and seriousness because it's also like it also does levity mm-hmm. and humor so well um and there is a level of abstraction to its world too so yeah yeah um but it's not just edgelord for edgelord's sake for sure which we can talk about later um let's go ahead and talk about the audio of the game mm-hmm. um does anyone else want to open up the floor or, um should i uh uh talk about this should i go ahead and get us started go ahead and get us started you yeah get us get us okay. started so i mean honestly okay um i go to great lengths to try and make the audio aspect of our podcast like interesting by mm-hmm. interspersing different like um I don't have a ton to say about the audio for this game, except that, I mean, I do love the music of this game. Um, the, the, the main bulk of the, um, soundtrack or maybe all of it is written by British sea power. This like, um, European, like kind of like indie punk or indie rock band, um, love their music. Um, the whirling and rags theme is particularly stands out as being like really great. of it if you're on the floor above you just get the sub bass version of it how if you come back at night you get kind of like a like a remix like sparkly gentle version of it uh and there's like a remix of it later in the game when you come back in Um, the music is just done very, very effectively. Um, it doesn't have these sweeping scores or anything. It's all this kind of like more grounded, um, like rock bands and like, I mean, like, um, like folk music. It's just kind of like, again, like very, very, Mm -hmm. it feels very like much like from the world that you're in. Um, and, and the music is like, I feel like it's not, it's used sparsely, but very effectively when it comes in. One of my favorite moments from the game and I, also, I think this is optional. I don't, so I don't know if y'all did this. When you're on the boat to go to the final island, there's the option to have Kim drive the boat and you yep. stand at the front blaring sad FM radio station on a big boom box. Um, and it's just this like incredibly depressing, tragic like <laughs> montage as you boat over to the island. I love that. Yeah. If you don't hold the boombox, will it not play that song at all? No, I don't think so. I think it's silent. Really? That moment, that that moment of sailing to the island was one of my favorite moments in the whole game. I was like holding yeah. my breath. It was so like I don't know, it was entrancing. It was such good use of like the the music. Like like you said, it doesn't come out often. But there are a few moments where music is the forefront, mm-hmm. and you're always, like, entranced by it. And the standalone OST is a banger. The music is awesome. Yeah. Like, the, 100%. it's a great soundtrack. 
Yeah, um, hundred percent. Yeah, that the, uh, I I I tried to get get the game's OST on vinyl, but it's unavailable, mm-hmm. and there's like a collector's edition. It's like three hundred dollars, so didn't do it. But gotcha. Um, but yeah, no, that moment was sad. The sad FM boat mm-hmm. is great, and I think totally missable. Um, I, I think. And then there's another. Um, did you all do the karaoke side quest? I did. Yes. Did Did oh, you I'm, succeed or fail? I'm, I'm getting the feeling. Yeah, failed. I failed oh, so no. bad. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I am curious if he actually sings any better if you don't fail it. Though. Yes, it's it's a, it's the other voice. So, I oh, the the voice of the <laughs> of your limbic system is like generally there's two there's two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them's like really high brain and your oh there's two different limbic system voices. No, the, yeah, there's the high pitched one and there's like the kind of lower pitched one. And I think if you fail the higher pitched one, well, I guess it's not the same voice, but like you get this like super squeaky, like, ah, yeah, kind of yeah, that sounds me. Oh, no. I would often go there to the tiny church there. The smallest church in Sansan. And if you do, if you succeed, you get this, um, it's not like beautiful, like incredible, holy shit voice, but it, it, like I, mean, I don't know. It's all subjective. It's, it's beautiful whatever, in but terms of the mood it captures. A hundred. Thank you, Rob. Yeah. Exactly. It's that. Like it's this. Like it's the. It's a. It's like a full octave or two octaves lower, and it's that reptilian voice singing, and he's like, you know, and it's just this. Like it just yeah. It's it captures almost more the like mood. spoken word, but yeah, it's yes. like it. It's it captures the mood. The like. It's in, it's kind of it's very intriguing lyrics and just like I don't know it was a really beautiful moment I am yeah very I, I, glad it's up there with the sad FM succeeded that check <laughs> in that tiny yard there I have been so glad here looking forward to the past here well I'm glad y'all got the beautiful moment because mine was devastatingly horrifying and i don't know if you by the time you get the tape or if you can do this before they show up but i had to perform this train wreck of a of a karaoke in front of the two the my members. two partners <laughs> that hate me like they're undercover at the time mm-hmm. and so they were witnessed yes all the union members were there um it was <laughs> did you do the karaoke so during the day or wait until the evening I think it was evening. Okay. Because I know he, like, I remember I, like, started it. I was going to do it during the day. I think and Kim went, I waited till morning, Kim went like, to bed. I think I should. Oh, you waited till Kim went to I bed. Think. Oh, man. I oh, had Kim I think there. He can give you, I think he can give you a bonus to yeah. succeeding, I think. I think he can, like, yeah. And you can also, if, if you succeed, you get to, like, choose someone to thank at the end of the song. And I thanked Kim, yeah. and it was very <laughs> cute. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and you can also like thank communism, or yeah. you can thank, or you can be like, "I did this for my fucking self," and like wander <laughs> off the stage. Like, <laughs> wow. Um, and that's one thing like I like about this game is, mm-hmm. um, uh, so yeah, the, the, when they use music, again, it's not super. It's not. It's not all the time, but it's extremely effective when they do do it. <laughs> do do. Um, a couple other songs like I, I love the. Um, one one 
I don't know. This may not be worth mentioning, but I really liked the song when you're talking to um, Averitt or uh, Avart, Avart, uh, the the union boss mm-hmm. leader. His theme is un is weirdly badass for <laughs> like what he is and what he looks like. I don't know. Anyway, that's just one thing I noticed. <laughs> Um, the dice maker's theme is really, really sweet and captures her spirit really well. I loved her as a character. She was just... Did you guys meet the dice maker? I did, You can yeah. miss her entirely. Q, did you meet the dice maker? Oh, yeah. I got some badass dice out of it. Hell, yeah. Um, which one did you get? They you were like... Like disco dice. Like sparkly diamond disco dice. Wait, what Fuck did the yeah. dice do? I didn't... I met her, but I didn't get any dice. Oh, they just look yeah, badass. No, you can buy dice from her, and they open up certain checks and make it more likely to succeed certain checks. Oh, depending on which ones, depending on which ones you get. That would have been. She nice. gave me a pair, and then I ordered a pair, so I had two sets yeah. of dice. I did that quest yeah. like really early, so like every day I was still struggling to like pay the rent at Gart's. Oh um, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I was like, I can't afford to buy these dice, and then I just like never came back. Speaking of paying the rent at Gart's, did you guys ever not pay the rent and go sleep in the dumpster? Uh uh-uh. uh yeah, you I didn't know go, that was an option. Just, I, got I kept the hanging just, until I got a new place to stay. Yeah. Right. You can just fully embrace Hobocop and go sleep in the dumpster, <laughs> um, but you die immediately from lower morale. Mm. <laughs> you, uh, so it's like actually a fail state, but you can have the option. It's like the, the dialogue is just super up and like, like just like, like the the choice is like just accept it and crawl in. <laughs> like, it's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> um. But, um, yeah, but so kind of talking about the karaoke, one thing I like about this game, and again, it's kind of, this is another episode of the podcast where I, where at least I, and I I guess we are kind of like, keep coming back to like the story and the writing when like we were talking about other topics. Um, but so, um, one thing I like about that this game does really well is that it, um, uh, every little side quest is super engrossing and i want to do it um Mm -hmm. like you know you're there to solve a murder there's a uh you know and there's all this other like there's there's literally just just learn about the end of the world coming up you like there's there's like this this war going on like between these two factions in the city and yet they make finding the right song for karaoke and performing it well feel like one super fun and two like incredibly significant Mm -hmm. um (laughs) and i just i love that like the game like lets you like you know it just knows how to make everything you do feel important and it does it's fine to take the time to have like a character moment um and it executes it really well i think the karaoke quest is a really good example of that like you know you're not just like I don't know, because other games do that, I feel like, like, big epic games do that, but I rarely, I find myself rarely caring about the side quests of a lot of those games. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's a problem with me and not those games, but this game makes you, made me care about every little side quest that I was given. Yeah. Um, So, I guess we can talk about gameplay, uh, now that, since we're kind of... And does, it, does anyone have else anything to say about the music? So this isn't music, or but I, sound? I guess, like, do we want to include the voice acting in audio? Yes. Oh, because, yeah, I like, think 100%. just sound in general we should yeah. talk about. Um, yeah, no, we can we can stay here for a little bit. 
we can pitch pitch a tent in Soundville. Um, <laughs> but but before we before we jump into the the voice acting because mm-hmm. that's going to be a whole thing. Um, I really did like some of what would you call it the foley work. Uh, some of the the sounds of interacting in the world uh, were very very pleasing, and the in particular the sound of your checks of your success yes, or fail of the dice rolling. It is such a satisfying, like, sound that you just get used to. It's so, like, crisp and, like, ooh, yeah, there it is. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, you know, when you pass a check, you really, you feel like, you feel like a good boy. Like, you did it right. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's 100%. Yeah. The um, I mean, especially since, like, I like how the game uses again there's like this kind of gameplay yeah um it, it it makes the 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 checks and the failure sound very satisfying and very like the fuck up sound of 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 a uh of a, of a dice roll it's not like horribly tragic it sounds like you just kind of like i don't know like made a small fuck up like oh shit <laughs> like i don't know and then and- <laughs> Like, and I think that that's, you know, I think that's good. I think that's kind of like what a lot of the failure is in this game. I mean, sometimes you can die, but like a lot of the failure, like leads to other opportunities or other story threads. So it's not like a, like, you know, like, oh, you just killed somebody unless that does happen. Um, I mean, it can be emotionally devastating, but (laughs) it can be emotionally devastating. Right. But like ultimately, like, it's kind of just like, ah, fuck. That's kind of like what the failures feel like in this game. Um, There's a term for it in TTRPGs and tabletop RPGs. It might be a video game term as well um, called failing forward, Hmm. um, which um, when you're if you're DMing a game or GMing a game and your character and your players fail at something rather than just giving them a hard stop you 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 kind of put like a no but um like no you failed but and you continue to build on like the story and the in the in the circumstances with that failure and this mm. game does that really well it's not just like wow well, you fucked up it sucks to suck like you know generally speaking it makes your failures fun too yeah. um which i think is a good indication of good game design um but yeah let's talk about the let's talk about the voice acting cuz um something that was new to the so dear baby listener if you are unfamiliar this game had two releases there was the initial release and then um i think last year they released the quote-unquote final cut of the game the initial one had very sparse voice acting but was mostly diet was mostly text and this newer version is completely voice acted um and is so great um the narrator voice oh my gosh that guy has the one of the most gorgeous speaking mm-hmm. voices I've ever heard. Um uh up there with Kratos, but yep. not angry. If Kratos did ASMR is kind of <laughs> like the is kind of like the um the vibe the narrator gives and it's ju- it's beautiful. This fan has two chain pull switches. One ends in a tiny fan, the other in a light bulb. A truly horrific necktie has somehow attached itself to one of the Yeah, fans. I mean that's just it's just like it's all beautifully done between like you have multiple interior voices so we kind of talked about this a little earlier where you have like your limbic system or like different parts of your interior your reptilian brain but also like different parts of your own psychology um you know depending on like what stats you put points into will have their own voices 
Um, those are all like really incredibly acted. And then every single person that you talk to, like the voices just feel right. I don't think I ran into a single person and like the voice actor talked and I was like, that voice doesn't go with that person. Like, yeah, they're all spot on and like genuinely some of the very best voice acting in a video game period. Um, mm-hmm. honestly, better there was than a lot so of much emotion. Yeah. You could tell mm-hmm. like they, they were, they did a very, very good job. Every single character in the game. I don't I feel know. Like the, the... <laughs> I don't know how, um, <laughs> it's interesting that the, all the voice acting was, or most of it was on the second release. I am not sure if I could have finished the game with the original release without all of the voice acting because that was one of the things that I liked the most about the game and and kept me interested was just hearing these voice actors talk to me opposed to if I had to read most of that I don't know if I would have been able to get through the game um the voice acting stood alone as as one of a a great defining feature that made the game enjoyable I think at least for me as far as someone who can't read it was just it's a lot of reading it's a lot of reading yeah mm. it's, <laughs> it's, it's a lot um no yeah totally uh I, yeah there was a lot more skipping over stuff when i had to do the completely red version mm-hmm. um um which is something i was actually gonna talk about the story um but vis-a-vis voice acting i also like i feel like the performance like yeah i i don't want to just like just like constantly talk about like how everything's like great in this game necessarily but i think it's some of the better voice acting i've ever heard in a video game yeah. like it's not as like huge because i think a lot of times video game characters are often like very i mean there's obviously other exceptions to this this is not this isn't the only game to have like nuanced characters but mm-hmm. i feel like a lot of times video game characters are super like over the top yeah. and over like I, I feel like you're getting I, I feel like a lot of video game characters it's it's a lot of like really big performances like mm-hmm. really like um and it's I mean I'm not a voice actor performance with a lot of yeah with a lot of video games and this was very people were very believable like they were speaking yep. pretty calm yeah. monotone casual I, I don't know yeah you're right like it, it, it's very different than what you're used to when you're watching more of an animated type performance and characters there was just a lot of nuance and grounded believability i feel like to a lot of the performances for Um, sure yeah i mean i'm trying to think of ones in particular that stood out like again i really love claus yeah yeah classia Mm -hmm. her voice acting was awesome uh when you were talking to her on the the roof Mm -hmm. the girl you take for a wait the, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah, I think yeah, the, she's the, the, a great example of just because she's so like casual and light in her voice, and mm-hmm. some of her words are a little unclear. But it's just like a believable. You believe that this woman is doing these lines, standing on top of a rooftop, kind of have a hangover, and she's smoking a cigarette with a coffee in her hand. Yeah, yeah. It, it feels like some girl you may have like met at a party. I don't know. Like she just feels like. um yeah, the way her her manner of speaking just has this like, um, like you said, like almost a little bit unclear, but mm-hmm. clearly still clear enough because she's a professional voice actress. But like, <laughs> I, I mean, I think she is. I don't know. Maybe they found her off the street. I don't know. Um, but like, you know, she just has this like, like really like, kind of like you said, like hungover sounding kind of vocal fry to her quality to her voice, and um, yeah, and just feels very believable. Um, 
What was that? That's not even how words are used. What did you say? Come on, say it again. <laughs> no, you see, that's not what you said. You said. <laughs> and then I, I love, I think the dice maker, like, again, I, I just keep coming back to her. She was just like, I just, yeah, her performance, like, just mm -hmm. captures this kind of, like, delicate vulnerability. Then how did you get inside? By the south entrance? You know what? It doesn't even matter. What matters is that you're finally here. Let's talk dice. Did you have something specific in mind? Kuno, as awful as he is, like, is done really well. Like, mm -hmm. you really hate that little rat <laughs> shit. Like, like, you really hate that guy. Like, Fuck, does Kuno care? Kuno doesn't fucking care. If Rart, um, the lead union leader, um, his performance, like, mm -hmm. he just sounds like this, like, slimy, like, like, mm. like, asshole that you just, like, yeah. don't want to interact with, but maybe you have Honestly, to. Honestly, guys, we might be moving all kinds of suspicious things through this harbor, but I won't be caught transporting the light-bending mega-rich. I have a reputation to protect. To, I don't know, this is really, and Kim, of, of course, was done. Kim, incredible. Mm-hmm. Yes, people get that you are the low. You really don't have to keep saying it. Everyone understands you are the low. That's why you have that insignia on your arm. So you don't have to keep saying it. Everyone can see that. The rectangles. Right. You might have found the one person who doesn't know you are the low, given how drunk he is. You've graduated to Lowbringer now? He's the real deal. He has a badge. He's the real deal. He has a gun now. He's the real deal. You're you're rock through the game. Um, and depending unless you piss him off, you can always. I don't know if you know this. You can piss off Kim enough to where he, like, he's not like very helpful or cooperative. Oh, uh, you can you can really damage your relationship with hmm. Kim. Um, because you can become a full blown like again trigger content warning or whatever. You can become a full blown asshole terrible racist in this game um mm -hmm. i don't know if i i, I should ask y'all what what kind of path y'all chose um but i'm i don't know we if you get to that in went, story yeah but in in the story, story you can yeah. get yeah. yeah you can get sorry go ahead oh, no you're good you're good <laughs> <laughs> no no problem uh but yeah you can get to where like you are a full-blown unapologetic racist mm -hmm. And if you do that, Kim eventually says, like, hey, f well, again, so I've heard. I haven't actually played that route. Um, it's hard to play terrible people in games. Yeah. I, um, but but uh, Kim, I think, eventually has enough of your shit. Uh, like, you can piss Kim off enough to where he will eventually, like, like reprimand you or whatever. Mm. Um, so, but generally speaking, if you don't go that route, Kim is, like, your rock. And he just, yeah. you know, he just delivers this, like, really, like, subdued performance of mm -hmm. someone who's, like, trying to, like, stay straight laced in them and in the face of someone who's like completely off the rails too <laughs> yeah. uh, like you know he just holds everything together really well yeah um, another one that i think is really fun is uh gart the manager of the cafeteria yes. what is this a joke to you is this what you get when you call the police now this guy we've been waiting for a week here you start the game with gart being like furious at you um but you can, like, get back in his good graces. And, like, the performance that he does in, like, all parts of being, like, you know, at the start, you're, like, a police officer and a figure of authority. So he has to be deferent to you to an extent. 
he can't be as mean as he clearly wants to be, but you can hear the the like hatred that he has for you in his voice. And then like if you do what you need to do to get back in his good graces, then like you can hear that kind of like forgiveness that he starts to feel for you and that level of sympathy that he starts to feel for like what you've gone through in his voice. Um so yeah, I don't know. He was like a character that really grew on me and I think is also really well acted. Yeah, there's a moment after the tribunal, mm-hmm. um, after the big like fight that happens. I don't know if you talked to Gart after that. Yep. Um, but I, I I don't know how much of this is optional versus happens to everybody, but like he'll come out on the scene and try to like stop it or mm-hmm. whatever. Um and if you go talk to him afterwards, you can like either belittle him, like he'll be like, I was there because I'm a badass. Like he'll say something to that effect. And you can either choose to belittle him or mm-hmm. you can be like you can be like your your inner thought will be like, he takes this seriously. Don't don't beat him up over it or whatever. Or mind it again. Yeah. Maybe if you play an asshole, it comes up with an asshole <laughs> thought. But like and so you can either like belittle him or you can be like yeah, man, and like nod approvingly. <laughs> and like he's just like no. And then like the the game will stop, and like you will nod, and the and Gar and and his character will nod, and Kim will all start nodding at each other. Like it's all like, um, that's actually really funny because there was a there was another nod moment when I was with Kim. We were on the uh, west side, um, of the map, looking at a, a mural wall, mm-hmm. and yeah. we mentioned something about. I forget what it is. It was some sort of political statement about something. And it's like, and I nod. And then it says Kim nods. And then I nod even harder. And it's like, Kim is nodding as hard <laughs> as he that. possibly can. And like, it was a nod off <laughs> until he just came up. It was so funny. I don't funny. think I got that. Dude, Kim, it was so you, fucking funny. Did you keep going after Kim stops? I kept going. You like, like hurt I, your was, neck, I yeah. just would not stop. <laughs> it was really great. I didn't get that option. <laughs> it was great. Mm. (laughs) um um, did oh really quick okay Mm -hmm. let's just say we're talking about the story now because we keep like just talking about story moments i do want to talk about like analysis of the story Mm -hmm. but i also just would love to hear about different things that happened during y'all's um like playthrough because i feel like this game like generates kind of like Mm -hmm. stories and stuff um i have never gotten this but i know it's a thing you can get and I'm really annoyed I didn't get it because it's a passive check. So, um, should we talk about gameplay first? I feel like we should talk. I ah. feel like story okay. and gameplay are so interwoven in this. It's kind of impossible not to talk about them at the same time because like yeah. the gameplay of this is selecting what you want to do in the story. Like there's no combat. Right. It's just choosing what option do you want to take and maybe accounting for like what, stats you have which i guess we can talk about that part that's like a really interesting system that they use but like yeah did so really quick Mm -hmm. before we get into the nitty-gritty of both the game or the story elements did either of you get your tie to talk to you it wouldn't shut the fuck up (gasps) i never got that option oh i want the tie so bad yeah it's it's a passive it's a passive inland empire check at the beginning that you don't have a chance to like it just happens behind the scenes i did not realize that (laughs) yeah and if you pass it your tie will talk to you the whole time and eventually you can use it as a weapon um yeah it like it'll like anytime an option to do something that like just and a crazy fucking drunk would do your tie will, will t- your tie is like this like crazy party tie 
and it was just like, oh, Breton, you got to get in there and drink that drink. You know, like. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> yeah. That is amazing. Uh, uh, I wanted the tie so bad. Did you pick an, <laughs> at the beginning, did you pick an emotionally driven character? Or did you? Pick I did, yeah. Physical I, or... I wanted to be like emotional first and logic second, which meant I died yeah. a lot because I had like only two hit points. Um, yeah. And I like. It wasn't it. I I like legit died and had to restart like five times before I realized I figured out how you could heal yourself. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not very intuitive. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I played a logical character, so I did not get the tie. What? I think I played an emotional one the yeah. first time, and I still didn't get mm. the tie. Um. How do you but... get the tie? I went. I went full on brute tank. Mm. Oh, oh, you did. I was, oh, was really long... and every stat I put in was all like brute force and muscle. Like I was just a powerhouse and pretty dumb. And I failed most of my checks throughout the game, <laughs> except all the physical ones. I nailed those. Yeah. Did you um, open up the bunker at the end? There's a there's a door. Uh, I I don't know what's behind it. I, I should look it up. There's a door at the end of the of the island that is like nearly impossible to open unless you have like super high. I think it's interfacing or something. Mm. Did you? I don't know. I, I guess that's super vague. I I, I know what you're talking, talking about. There's there's two doors. There's the there's the the bunker door, and then there's also the um the crate uh, in the docks that that's I locked. Have, I heard what's inside. Oh, of I got that into crate. the crate. I have. I got into the there, crate. Crate's so, awesome. I'm so curious how. Like I tried them a few times, but then I was like, okay, I don't think it's actually possible, so I never went back. Until I like so thought I found the a key crate, or something. The crate you have to um it's rhetoric, I think. You have to convince the crate to open. <laughs> you have to talk <laughs> it open. <laughs> yeah, I did I tried it. I was like, well, let's give it a shot. And I felt like an idiot because Kim was like, What are you doing? <laughs> so I didn't do it again. No, you can talk it open, and if you do, you go inside and you meet a um a man who's impossibly wealthy. He's so wealthy that reality bends around him. You can't see him well enough because he's so like light is bending around him because he's so incredibly what rich. And you can use that quest. You can use him later in a quest to become incredibly rich yourself, which I did. I chose to become a man of means. And I what happens is that your um your actual dollar amount doesn't go up, but your net worth becomes like billions of dollars. <laughs> so like and then you can get like an art installation piece of yourself. Mm -hmm. Um it's pretty awesome. Oh my gosh. Um <laughs> But um, okay, really quick, let's let's. I want to talk about the gameplay. We can mm -hmm. come back to the story yeah. in both moments and broader strokes of the story. Um, but let's talk about the gameplay just so that the listener, if they've never played or whatever, aren't lost. Sure. So this game works like a um, table. It's it's inspired by um, a tabletop by tabletop RPG mechanics um, where everything happens basically with checks. So. You pick an option, and based on your stats, it rolls a dice. And then, if your stats are better, it will help your odds. And then you have a certain percentage chance, certain percentage chance to pass that check. Um, what's cool about this game is all of your stats, or most of your stats, are internal. So mm -hmm. it's like there's a whole emotionalism like bracket you can upgrade to where you're upgrading things like empathy, or you're upgrading things like Inland Empire, which is basically just like how introspective you are and stuff. And yeah, like, it's cool because they're not named in like forward ways you have to like figure yeah. out what they mean 
Um, yeah, exactly. Because, yeah, it'll be like one that really sticks in my mind is shivers, which is like the stat that determines like your ability to get a sense for what's going on in the city. So you'll just have like yeah. a mm-hmm. shivers check while you're walking down a street and you'll understand something about the city going on around you or um, like esprit de corps, which is like your sense of of companionship with your fellow police officers, which like really mm-hmm. helps with your your relationship with Kim. what that was? Yep. Yeah. Okay. I couldn't figure that one out. And Savoir Faire, actually, I don't know how to pronounce that. Savoir Faire, I I think. Savoir Faire. Savoir Faire. Yeah, which I still don't fully understand what that does. I think it just is how cool you are. It's how, like, yeah, like, savvy and cool. That's your Savoir Faire. Yeah, I guess so. Like, it's like, like I don't know. I still don't, yeah, I still don't fully under. Well, but it also helped me make a lot of money. Savoir Faire did. Like mm. that's that's the if you choose the money making side quest, like that's the part of you that drives it. That's the one. It's like you got to hustle, man. You got to get out there and get on that grind. Like <laughs> and um, uh, so I don't fully understand all the stats, but I love them. And what's really cool. So again, this is for the listener. Um, an explanation. Um, the stats talk to you. Mm-hmm internally in the game yep so um and and the more you upgrade a stat the more it'll talk to you and try and influence your decisions um so like if you dump a lot of like stats into like authority um like authority will start talking will start having internal monologues with you more and trying to like it'll give you it'll one give you more options for authority it'll it'll open up checks Mm -hmm. it'll help you pass authority checks and it'll give you insight into people so it'll be like this person's afraid of you. If you push on this person, you know, they will, they will, uh, you know, they will succumb to you or whatever. Or uh, that's just one example. Like yeah. empathy might be like this. You're, you're like the same scenario. Empathy might be like, you're pushing this person too hard. You should be, you know, you should be kinder or whatever. And then that can open up other options. Um, and so, and then addition, in addition to that, there's another stat building thing, kind of stats, kind of game altering thing called the thought cabinet which is so cool um as you're playing the game you can stumble upon thoughts Mm -hmm. that interest your character and then if you assign those thoughts to your thought cabinet you can internalize them and like basically ruminate on them and chew on them so you and, and when doing so you um alter your the way your character thinks and behaves with other people and also it can have like bonuses or detriments to your stats or to the way the world works. So like this is how you can internalize like I'm going to become a communist <laughs> or like I'm going to become a fascist or I'm going to become like a I'm going to become a, a, a like a, a capitalist and neoliberal I think is what they call it in the game or like I'm going to become I'm going to be a feminist or like, I, you know, you can also do really dark things like I think being a racist is an option. Um and there's other just like weird stuff too. Like you can like get one where it's like like you 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 become somebody who does finger guns a lot. So like you can internalize the thoughts of finger guns, and so then you get all these extra checks to do finger guns during stuff, and it like makes people like like listen to you more and stuff. So like you can just internalize these like random thoughts, yeah. some of which are like big and profound, and some of which are just like throwaway thoughts, but become an integral part of your character. And um, you'll just like get them is, as you're going along too. So like that bunker that Figgy was talking about earlier that you can't like open the door to unless you have really good, unless you're really strong. Like I got a thought from looking at that door and trying to get into it, which then I like mold on it and had to like come to the conclusion, like some doors can't be opened, you know? 
Um, oh, huh. Yeah. That's huh. where, that's where my anything... thought took me, basically. Mm-hmm. Or we landed on that. Some just can't be opened. Yeah. Oh, that's not satisfying. I wonder what was behind that door. <laughs> Which is, um, man, yeah. Because you run into a different door earlier in the game that is, like, also very hard to open. But that one, I'm assuming you got into the, like, blue door that leads to the pinball parlor. Mm-hmm. I got into that one. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I had to go through the back, though, like, up top. I couldn't open the actual blue door. Oh, you didn't get in through the blue door? No, I don't know how to get, I don't know how you get in through the blue door. Um, you can go in through the to- you can go in through the top where you get the, is. Uh, you you find the key in the bush. Yep. The like Oh, well shit. Yeah, the people um <laughs> fuck, what are they called? The Hardy Boys. You like interact yeah. with them enough and then you can like spot this key that's in a bush outside of the window, which like is part of what leads you to think that like maybe um I don't remember her name but the like person who was working with them might have helped cover or might have done the murder because the fact Elizabeth, that they, I think yeah I don't know that maybe that's um, the lawyers I not the about? lawyer um the red-haired girl the truck driver oh oh it's not Rose uh what is her name is it Rose no I don't know I, I know who you're talking about Ruby her name is Ruby this is Figgy from the future to tell you that the character that we are talking about is Ruby. All right. Bye. But yeah, so like you spot the key and you realize, oh, she's part of the Hardy Boys. She had access to this key that goes to the pinball parlor. And, you know, there's a peephole from the pinball parlor into Classia's room. So your like character comes to the conclusion. This is extra evidence that she did it. Oh, yeah. I did not know that. Um. Yeah, I didn't. I missed that entirely. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, but I, I love. Um, I like how this game, and they, this is kind of what Rob was saying mm-hmm. about how the gameplay and the story like in, inherently intertwine. The game is just as concerned with your internal thoughts and monologue as it is with your choices, which yep. is like, which is so awesome like i i don't know of another game that does that the only other game i know that does that is tabletop tabletop role-playing games you can do that in D like your dm would be like you know like how does your character feel about this or like you can like you know but you know i i don't know what my character's fucking thinking in skyrim <laughs> like i'm just like i you know i don't know like what yeah yeah like it's i don't i and I, even if i know what they're thinking i don't get to choose what they're thinking mm-hmm. and that's just such an interesting like mechanic and just it makes me care so much more about Harry because For like sure. I've never I've never role played actually role played a character as much in a game as I do in this one where it's like Harry wouldn't do this or no like yeah I'm the apocalypse cop I'm going to keep choosing the apocalypse options like you know what I mean um and so like which by the way did y'all get a copo type did you did you guys pick a uh, what was y'all's copo type I don't know if I like picked one. It kept like giving me things and be like, you could do this. And I'd be like, I could do this. Um, I think oh, I was man. superstar cop. I t- yeah. I think mm. it tried to give me at first, like whatever, like the sad sack of shit cop was <laughs> sad cop. Yeah. You can be a sad cop. And I was like, <laughs> I'm not. And then my internal monologue was fighting against that. And it's like, you're a rock star and like all this shit. Um, so I ended up going with that route and then it confirmed it that i'm definitely a superstar cop 
Yeah, I went with you can do multiple ones. So I did uh, super. I said I did mostly apocalypse cop. Like all my dia- dialogue options were like, you know, the final twilight is coming. Like blah 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 blah. Like the fire will come over the whole <laughs> over all of reality kind of thing. So just saying that in the middle of like ordering a drink or whatever. Like, <laughs> um, and then my second like I, and my next biggest one was was um, superstar cop. You can also have multiple. So at the end, at the end of the game, like Kim kind of talks about like your breakdown. He mm-hmm. kind of like talks about like who you are as a person and um <laughs> kim was like he is somehow inexplicably both a raging free market neoliberal and also a communist yeah. <laughs> he like, doesn't acknowledge some doesn't seem to acknowledge the contradiction in that because i kept back going back and forth and picking this, those options oh, i um, think i had that same thing but it was with socialism <laughs> instead of communism yeah Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, but um, oh, another thing I wanted to kind of say about the gameplay, kind of getting, we can come back to the thoughts and, and that kind of like aspect because I think it's really the selling point of the gameplay. But um, earlier when we were talking about the painting in the world, mm-hmm. one thing I love about this game is I feel like I love this game's world design because it is so small and focused. Yeah. Um, because like this game is dense and stuff that you can do in case dear your baby listener, you can't tell by all the random shit we talked about. I also became an art critic. I don't know if y'all did the, became an art cop. I became an art critic too. Um, but like you, um, uh, the map is very small, mm-hmm. but like they just populate it like an actual, well, I mean, probably not actual, but close to like what as something the size would actually feel like being populated by in a real city. Yep. So like it, it's quantity, it's density versus like spread outness. I really don't like open worlds mm-hmm. or worlds that are large that you're just basically going from like like you travel for 15 minutes to get to this place and there's like two things to do in that place, all for the sake of a world feeling large or mm-hmm. expansive. We we talked about this with um Elden Ring, mm-hmm. our first episode, I think. Um. And I love how this world, like, the game, like, doesn't get in its own way. It's like, we're going to be focused. We're going to, like, we're only focusing on basically, like, two city square blocks. And then this other, yeah. like, kind of, like, be- beach area. Um, and that's plenty for, a, like, I think my playthrough is, like, 40 hours or something. Um, and that's all you need. Like, you don't need a giant sprawling map that you have to ride on horseback for 20 minutes to get from town to town. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, by like by containing the scope of things, it let them really flesh out everything that was there in like a way that this honestly might be like the most fleshed out game I've ever played in terms of like how much every single location has that you can explore and look at and do. Um and it's it's cool, you know, like I don't there's like you never see like art assets being repeated or whatever because it's all like painted in and someone like clearly spent a lot of time and cared a lot about painting everything um yeah it's just it's incredible how full it is 100 yeah totally um cool so um any other thoughts or things that we want to discuss specifically about the gameplay? Because next up is like story and writing. And we've already been talking about mm-hmm. story and writing, but um, I kind of want to talk about that some more. And I think it'll be a chunky discussion. So yeah. um, um, anything else you want to talk about, like gameplay or like actually playing the game specifically? 
um, before we move on. It, it's it's kind of because all these things are so hand in hand. Uh, it's kind of hard for me to figure out whether or not this is right because both of these topics blend mm-hmm. what we're about to talk about and what we've been talking about. But I'll say the the way that the game was designed to be played with like the whole the whole RPG system. Um, I have never played a game that compares to this in feeling like I have never played a game that so close hits home to choices. Your choices matter in the game. Mm -hmm. Uh, Freedom of choice and player decision impacts the game. And that's not to say that a lot of your choices won't really change outcomes of the world around you, but it changes everything for your character and your internal, like the way you view the world changes, not Mm -hmm. so much you change the world with your actions. And, and Mm -hmm. it has the biggest impact that I've ever played in a game. No other game of choice, like mass effect or these other games even come close to how much this game puts in the player's hands for controlling your destiny. Because I mean, you are, you're essentially creating the, the character that you are and internally all of that varies wildly obviously we've haven't been talking that much about the game but we have had some very drastically different experiences Mm -hmm. just from our like one playthrough and i'm sure that can just go even i mean you could play this game i feel like thousands of hours and experience new things and, 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 and a different viewpoint. So it's really cool. It's, it was really cool to see how much this game made, made choices matter. And like player agency, like you are the one in control and piloting and every decision you make affects, it has such a great effect. And it was, it, that was really cool. Um, yeah, I liked it. Um, I have like one other thing. I feel like this is something we can just briefly go through, but I feel like it's worth discussing at least. Um, I'm, I'm assuming both of you played on computer. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. I played the Switch port. How did the computer one run? I had no issues. No issues. I've only ever... Right? Any yeah. weird the glitches? Switch one... The Switch one's not bad. No. Uh, it happened? controls a little bit weirdly. Um, I mean, it was like very playable. I didn't mind it. I'm assuming in the computer one, you like mouse over stuff to click on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you can hold tab, and it'll show you all the things you can click on, which is really nice. Oh, that would have been very nice. The Switch one, you can you like push the uh, right thumbstick to like switch between different things you can click on, which is weird. It it's kind of clunky, but it works. Um, one thing that I do feel like is worth talking about, just in terms of a historical point about this game, is that when the console ports initially released, they were beyond broken. Um, oh, really? To the point that you literally most people could not actually finish the main story. Um, oh, so, no. Yeah, so like oh, Michael wow. Swaim talked about it, and he talked glowingly about how much he loved this game, but he said like he got locked out of actually finishing it himself and had to like watch a YouTube playthrough of the end of it because it was so broken at that time and didn't get patched oh, until geez. a couple months later. And he described it as being like going to a movie in like the movie theater and it was like a 20 hour long movie but it was the best movie you've ever seen and then like two hours from the end of the movie the attendants came in and just like kicked you out 
Um, oh no! Which like that it sucks. would be heartbreaking <laughs> to not get to finish this game because it it gets you so invested. Um, but I do feel like that's something that's worth like at least like considering. And this is an indie team. Like I want to give them some leeway but at the same time if you release a game where most people at the time of release can't finish it because it's that broken you should have held your release back but um, yeah that's yeah that's no good yeah it's a small at this point historical point about this game because now it works fine um but well it's just a limitation to the medium which is really annoying uh video games you know video games is art quote-unquote or whatever um have a, a pretty big ba- there's a lot of barriers of entry to experiencing sure. really good games which is like really frustrating um and that's one of them just mm-hmm. straight up glitches or the game not working yeah which is really annoying i did um, have one other thing and i can't tell if this was a glitch or if it was a weird power that i got and didn't know what the power was but every time oh. my encyclopedia uh skill would activate it would give me two dollars <laughs> whoa what <laughs> that might is that so a, every on, time i was having a conversation with someone and my encyclopedia would like get procked and come in and say something i would just hear the like money sound and get two dollars oh that's amazing so that's i awesome. ended the game with like more money <laughs> I than i a, knew what to do with i think that's a yeah that seems like a glitch i don't it's see anything be, yeah. mentioning that wow holy <laughs> shit dude damn dude <laughs> I think Dang, I ended the game with like mode. two dollars yeah. to my name, and I tried so hard to get money. I begged from everyone, and most of them gave me money. Hmm. Um, but I had a really hard time getting enough money to. Were you like do picking up I bottles to, to sell? Oh yeah, okay, I, I yeah. scoured that whole map. I what did you spend all your money on? Things of pleasure and fun. <laughs> 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 vices you know <laughs> man yeah i ended um, with like 90 dollars yeah i ended like, with like yeah seems like too much <laughs> money was not a problem for yeah. me i was a man of means it was a problem um, at the start it, it, but not at the end yeah exactly having to pay the 20 dollars and, and once you get your own place mm-hmm. um the game kind of opens up financially um going back to something you said q um about choices mattering um I 100% agree. That was mm-hmm. also that was going to be something I talked about as well of just like other games make your choices more like epic. Like again, you know, like you mentioned Mass Effect. Um uh other games do that too where like your choices like really affect fall out your last um, game BioShock infamously or famously yeah, exactly. like, has decisions that matter. Uh Right, exactly. That end up not and and some of them pull it off to mm-hmm. varying degrees of success as i kind of talked about with bioshock is that i feel like the choice aspect is kind of mishandled mm-hmm. in some to some degree um they had good ideas good thoughts but i feel like ultimately did not execute as well as they had seemed like they were going to and like you know like the fallout games do a good job of that right like i um where like you can literally blow up a city yeah. <laughs> like with your choices or whatever um but what q was saying that I 100% agree with is like the only other game that's made me care about my choices as much as this one is Undertale. Hmm. I've mentioned almost every episode of this of this show. Um like even though like you can't really affect the plot. Like mm-hmm. the people um 
you're going to figure out the mystery. This, you know, the ending of the game is going to be rough, roughly the same. Um, there is a, there are variations to the ending based on if you find a certain secret animal or not. Um, but by and large, you're going to get broad strokes at the same game as other people. But the way your character is and the way your character experiences the world is can be vastly different. And the way people perceive your character can be vastly different. Yeah. Again, like it's like a role it's like an actual role playing game. And when you care when the characters are so interesting and fun, I care about how they perceive me. I For care sure. about like how these characters what what, what these in and the fate of these characters and mm-hmm. stuff. Whereas like some games that handle really really big choices like if you don't get me invested, I don't care. If you don't get me invested in my character, or get me invested in the world or the characters that apparently I'm affecting, like whatever. They're just a bunch of polygons. Fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but this game like really made me feel like I care about Harry and I care about all these people that Harry are interacting with. Yeah. And um despite the smaller stakes. Yeah. So I remember like um this is one of my playthroughs before I figured out one, how to save and two, how to heal. So every time I died, I was just dead for forever um, and had to oh, restart. Wow. <laughs> Jeez, um, holy shit. I'd got to that place where you like you're going through the dumpster outside of the whirling and rags. Yeah. And you find like, like this is a good example of choices that you might not even think about as choices at the time that can have an impact. Um, so you like open this dumpster up and dig through it for evidence. And one of the things that you find on it is a coffee mug that has a racist depiction on it. And my thought was this could be evidence of who was here. So I picked the coffee cup up and Kim was like, no, that's not evidence. And I was like, it could be and put it in my jacket. And then like Kim just gave me a look a like disapproving look. And that was so like yep. devastating to me that like, oh, Kim mm-hmm. thinks I'm a racist now. And I really like Kim, so I don't want him to think that. Um, but, like, the game will give you things like that. And even, too, with, like, you know, you have these, like, trees of questions that you can ask people. But sometimes just asking a question is a choice and can have ramifications, too. Um, I feel like I by the end of the game, I was sometimes, like, careful about what questions that I would ask, too. Because you'd, you'd see a question, you'd be like, I could learn something from this, but I could offend this person who I don't want to offend. Um, and not even offend, like, mm-hmm. they could trust you less. They yeah. could, like, it, it, like every little, yeah, exactly. Like, even if it's not a check, just by, like, saying something, you can alter the course of, of a relationship with somebody. Well, it's really cool because that would affect mm-hmm. certain checks because you can see your your yeah. multipliers like your b- bonuses and minuses on a check and it'll be like minus 1 because yep. you said this to this person and you're like oh shoot if i never went down that dialogue yeah. mm-hmm. and offended them i would have a higher percent of passing this check later on when i'm trying to get some information out yeah, of yeah and i love um kind of again like in this system of of the checks um and I love how kind of like what we're talking about, how the checking system gets you to think about your choices without thinking about the mechanics. Like you can upgrade, you can upgrade the different stats and stuff, but the check, it's like, it never goes into detail about the different statistics. Like it doesn't want you thinking about the numbers really. It wants mm-hmm. you, like it shows you 56% chance, 30% chance, 85% chance of success or whatever, but it doesn't go into detail of like, this is how this game figures it out or whatever. Like, it really wants you to get into the mindset of you are playing a character. And mm-hmm. then like and then when it shows you like what's making it better or worse, it doesn't like 
it like kind of what Q was saying, kind of what you were both kind of getting at. It shows you your decisions. It shows yeah. you like the story aspects that you chose to do. Um, it doesn't like get you like, well, if you add this like multiplier here, you'll be like, you know, it, it doesn't do that. Like, like, which is what RPG systems are supposed to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, well, okay, this is kind of getting a little bit, uh, losing the plot a little bit. Like, that's what a lot of RPG systems are supposed to do, and the ones that I enjoy more. Some people like min maxing, and they like you know doing all the math and getting all the numbers really, really good. There's nothing wrong with playing RPGs that way; it's satisfying in its own way. But I think a lot of times when RPG games are really singing, when they're really doing their um, what they're supposed to, it's when the numbers facilitate choices yep. and when the numbers facilitate story and character and. Um, this game does that. Like, like it'll show you the check. It'll show you if you if you hover over it. It'll show you the math if mm-hmm. you want to see it. But it doesn't want you thinking about that. It wants you thinking about like, what have you done to make this choice work or not work? Yeah. Um, and yeah, again, love that design. So yeah, there were only a few times where mm-hmm. a few checks that I really wanted to pass, where I would try to min max it. Like I would go through and I would put on all the right clothes. And, you know, items and whatnot to get myself from yeah. a 20% to a 60%. Yeah. Um, but most Which of the time, feels, I never still feels good because that. the game is so good about failing forward. Like a mm-hmm. failed check isn't like a, ah, oh, fuck. It's just like it's a new opportunity. It's like, well, what's ha- what happens now? Yeah. I Like I said, I failed most of my checks throughout <laughs> the playthrough yeah. other than like the physical ones. And it was great. <laughs> cool. Um, well, let's get into the meat of the story part. Um and the writing part. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, lots to say here for me. So, I, well, I'll let y'all open up the floor before I go on, like, a long-winded rant. Maybe some of y'all will say the stuff that I'm going to say so there isn't just, like, a 15-minute long monologue from me in the middle of the, <laughs> in the middle of the episode, which I have a bad habit of doing. So, maybe I can just let y'all go first <laughs> or let y'all open up the floor. About which again, we've already kind of been talking about story. Mm-hmm. They're so it's so intertwined with everything else. But anything about the writing specifically, or the story, or anything else you want to talk about in terms of like, or even specific moments that stood out to you? Anything yeah. you want to mention in terms of writing, story, plot, anything like that? A good way to approach it could be to start with like the smaller stories and then go to the like the big story, if that makes sense. Sure. Um, yeah. Do it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. <laughs> talk about whatever you want. Like, I don't want to like, I don't want to put any kind of like rails sure. on people. Like talk, talk about whatever feels right. Follow your heart. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I guess like, did you have, have stories that stood out to you from the like side ones that you do? Like I, I remember I did the, um, the collapsing financial district story I found really intriguing. Yeah, um, the the cursed building, mm-hmm. which the I feel like the cursed building is really funny because it it sets up something we'll talk about later, which is a a big twist that the game pulls on you, because like you go into it and you've basically been told by these people that it's this like financial district and all of the businesses that are there like go out of business, um, mm-hmm. and ultimately you discover like it was just like one place where a bunch of people got unlucky and there's probably not any curse or maybe I missed the check to find out what the curse was. I don't know. No, there's um, no like official curse. Yeah. yeah. So like you can do these really cool little side stories that do that. Um, 
that like j you just explore a part of this world. You get to like see some of the types of businesses people are making. That story introduces you to a story that seems like it is probably about the developers of the games themselves, where you find out yep. about this like game development team that was trying to make this beautiful, intricate RPG that would be like played over the radio. And then they like ran out of funding and it all fell apart. That was a really cool one. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. I really like. I'm very interested in supernatural stuff, even though I don't believe in any of it. Um, so mm -hmm. like, I was very attracted to that story when it happened, and just like immediately did it. Um, yeah, and it's like yeah, and it's just so and well in the um, and that's how you meet the dice maker is doing yeah. that story. And so like at the end, like in this dilapidated building, like you're like trying to investigate a curse or whatever mm -hmm. or a non curse, and then like. In the end, you find this like sweet little like girl who's just in there making dice because yep. that's like what she wants to do, and she's like in the chimney or something mm -hmm. weird. Like I don't, it's explained, but I don't fully understand it. But um, did you guys do the whole uh, turn, turning the church into a dance club thing? <laughs> I shut those kids down. <laughs> <gasps> no, yeah. are you fucking serious? Yeah. yeah, I shut them down. So oh, I like you missed monster. out on that whole story. <laughs> Oh my gosh! You missed out on oh you wow! Yeah, I really missed out. Did you find did you find the two millimeter hole in reality in the I church? I did come across yeah. that. The, so I like interacted okay, with good. them at first and like went in and like explored the church and found that hole and met like the crab man and I was like, this is really cool. This is really intriguing. And then like I went back and then like realized that they were planning or like my. I don't know if this was like my character interpreted something wrong, but Harry came to the conclusion that they were actually just planning to run a drug operation out of the church. They were planning on doing both. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah, I, I been... shut them down. Um, oh, man. Yeah. You monster. <laughs> um, I... So oh, fucking awesome. Dude, that disco church was dope as hell. So fucking awesome. The music awesome. in there was banging. Too. I loved every time I got to go in there. I'm just bopping my head yeah. like, fuck yeah, man. And you can enhance the music. You can like get him an extra bass line and like, and, like an extra out. melody and you can like enhance the music. It's part. It's another side quest. Um, Did y'all ever break through to um, who's the one? The hardcore guy. Hardcore. That's all he says. Oh yeah! Like, I eventually <laughs> yeah, unlocked um, the secret egg, to talk to Egghead, and he just turned into like a normal dude. <laughs> and it was so weird. It's a side quest. It's like it's like the side quest is like traverse mm. the maze of Egghead or something, and you have to like it's like a it's like a dialogue tree that you have to like get through. Yeah, it's so good. Did you Q? Did you get Kim to dance? I don't think so. You would no, know if you know. And did you I tried dance? Did you ever dance? dance? And I failed. <gasps> you guys should Google what you guys should Google Disco Elysium dance say, scene. This is this is one I save scummed on. This is one I went back and, and like kept doing it <laughs> until I got it because your character can start dancing and he fucking rules at dancing. <laughs> and then everyone's like amazed and was like <gasps> and then you basically you slowly get everyone in the church to start dancing with you and like Kim is last and he like resists it and won't do it and you're like get out of here Kim come on and then you're like you're like I have a code for like 3842 officer in need of assistance on the dance floor <laughs> and like eventually you can get Kim to like start that dancing is so with you it's, wonderful. it's yeah it's 
when what's his name started dancing though because that came out of nowhere like we're i'm talking to him and then he just like starts dancing and his animation it's it's not often animations Mm -hmm. will change um in the game when you're talking to someone or doing something usually like it fades to black and then it changes the scene up but he just started doing this little shuffle and it was so unexpected. I was laughing so hard for like every time I'd walk back in the church, he was cracking me up. It was um, just, it was great. I highly recommend looking up the dance scene. It just, it's just really funny. Um, uh, did you guys, um, okay. So, uh, okay. Talking about the story. Uh, did you guys find the cryptid at the end? Did you both find the bug? Yes. Mm-hmm. You did. Okay. I think you always that, find the I did not expect anything like yeah. that. That yeah. freaked me out. Uh, from my understanding, you always find the cryptid. It's just a matter of the extent to which you understand what it is oh, that changes. Oh, yeah. I had a... But I... Yeah. I did the whole quest. And it was fun. That was funny. Like, I was talking earlier about how, like, the the twist at the game is, like, made a bigger twist by the financial district where you come to the conclusion there's nothing supernatural going on. Because there's a like the quest for the cryptid is that you like run into this cryptozoologist who's hunting for the insulidian phasmid. Yeah. Um, and like the whole time, Kim is just like, Are you fucking kidding yeah. me, dude? Like, can we stop wasting our time on this dumb shit? There's no <laughs> insulidian phasmid. Only he's not saying it in that yeah. way because he's he's Kim and he's. And then you actually yeah. find one. It was, it was crazy. And it kind of like, I don't know, like. Uh, that moment is so good in that game, I think, because it's mm-hmm. like the game is very grounded, and then yeah. you do actually find a, a hole in reality that's threatening to swallow up the whole world. But that's like scientific or whatever. Like the whole game is very grounded, and then at the very end, you have this. And then I had I got to where I could actually like communicate with the phasmid. I don't know if you guys guys got to where you could like yep. were psychically mm-hmm. talking to it. You have this like almost like it feels like a, almost like a transcendent experience or something like it feels like supernatural. Yeah. Um, and like here at the mm-hmm. end, um, especially like because that happens right after the, the reveal of the killer and the killer's just just this like yeah. sad, deranged old man, like kind of like who's like stuck in the, his the revolutionary era. Like I feel like the reveal of the killer is actually a little bit unsatisfying. Um, but it's just the super mundane thing. It feels felt mundane to me. And then, like right after that, like and and that's kind of like how the game, like that's it's kind of grounded the way the whole game is. And then, like just when you're like, okay, well, I yeah. guess that's it. We'll take him back. Like you run into this like crazy supernatural thing, and it's just like, and yeah, it is also validating if you like are constantly like if Kim's like like rolling his eyes the whole time, and you're like, see, I told you, <laughs> yeah. Um. Speaking of transcendent experiences, mm-hmm. did either or both of you go to sleep at the end of the game and um, have the sequence with Dolores? Day? I did because you told me to. Yes. Yeah, because I, I, yeah, I, I didn't want to shape y'all's experience of the game too much, but I do think that mm-hmm. that is a like really, really amazing sequence in the game. Um, Q, did you get that sequence? I did. I did. I was finally able to check mark my quest on giving Dolores Day figurines. I didn't get enough figurines to do it. I gave her the figurines, but she was just, I, I don't think I had enough. I don't know what happens when you. Oh, yeah. I only had one, and she was like, I don't want this. What, what happens you when you complete that side quest? Uh, it just goes away. Oh, okay. 
That's <laughs> um, all I noticed. I, I didn't get anything special. Oh, man. I love... I mean, so again, I'm I'm a sensitive emotionalism boy or whatever, but like I love that scene of you like talking to your mm-hmm. ex-wife. Like I just thought it was like insanely powerful. Um again, like and so I, I okay. So I feel like some of the moments in this game and some of the stuff in this game, if it was handled by worse writers, would be kind of like eye rolling or cringe a little bit of like mm-hmm. um I have this theory on not theory, it's a strong word. I have this this kind of like approach to like writing and storytelling that is not, do, you know, take this with a grain of salt. I'm no expert. I'm not a writer or anything like that. But I kind of feel like in, in, in writing, like gravitas and seriousness has to be earned. And so I feel like, yeah. this, like, I feel like if you come in hot with a story and your whole story is just like dripping with like, like sad emotionalism or like or, or like edginess like and it's just dark for darkness sake that's going to be like off-putting to the to the reader listener watcher player um mm-hmm. and um again it's kind of like if you were at a party and and you met someone for the first time and that person just immediately started being an edgelord or started talking about their like tragic past you you know, I, I feel like you kind of have to, like, get to know a, a story or a game or a plot or a writer before they, they kind of, like, earn this, like, emotional payoff or whatever. And by the time you get to the end of this yeah. game and you have this interaction in your dream with, like, your – like, the, the setup is so cheesy, right? Like, you, you go to sleep and you interact in a dream with a woman – with your ex who is kind of, like, represented by, like, a goddess. And it's like – and when you say that on paper, it sounds a little bit, like, I don't know, trite or a little, like, hokey – but I think this game earns it so well because, like, the writing has been so good up to that point. It's been so fun up to that point. And then you get there and you finally get this, like, emotional. It's not catharsis, but it is closure. Like, did you all talk to her extensively? Mm-hmm. Did you exhaust all the dialogue options yeah. and stuff? Um, I think there were a few that I didn't yes. ask because I, again, was, like, being very careful about what questions that I asked. But I tried to explore it very thoroughly, yeah. And that scene was so much more impactful because I also um, – did you speak to her previously? Oh, on the phone. Earlier in the game? Yeah. Mm-hmm. On the phone. Wait. That so, was your wife who you talked so to earlier you, on the phone? If you, I, if you call enough times, your muscle memory in your hand starts to dial, and it's like a really intense scene where you're like – Yeah, you take like three points of number. morale damage doing it and or then, something. Like you, it's like really hard to – yeah, and then a woman picks up, and it's she's, like, across the world, and it's the middle of the night, and you can hear, like, another man snoring in bed, and you have this converse, and you're t- you realize, oh, my gosh, I'm talking to my ex-wife, and you're trying to get information, like, who are you? Who am I? Like, tr- still trying to get information from her. Um, but, yeah, there's, like, a really exhaustive sequence um, where you can call her on the payphone, and then then meeting her again in your dream, then you have a little bit more backstory and knowledge and you're like, okay, I kind of know what's going on here. It was cool. It was interesting. Yeah. And yeah, I just think that that final scene, I think you can play that scene differently. I think I always end up playing it as someone who's like super like can't move on and is like super like, Mm -hmm. I think you can play it in a way where your character is like more well adjusted and like is more, is not a sad sack. Who's like talking to his ex or whatever. And um, but that's how I always play it. And one of my, f- I don't know, would go ahead. Is that something you'd have to have like set up ahead of time? I don't know. I- Cause I feel like the options that I got were not options like that. Like I, 
uh, my uh, I kind of wanted to see if like Harry could get to a place where he could like kind of move on. And she was like, you'll get over it in time. She was like, you know, like it took me a couple of years. It'll take you 20 yeah, years. Yeah, she said that to um, me too. You're like six in. Yeah. Um, it might be the same, but I thought I remember seeing dialogue options that I did not choose that are like, it's okay, hmm. it's over. But maybe not. I don't know. I might be dreaming. I might have made that up. But one of my favorite, like, I don't know, just like quotes from the game is in there. Um, it's kind of a dark quote. I may not, I may edit this or not include the full quote because it's kind of like fucked up but it's also like really lovely um she's uh she says this to him he's like he you're talking to your ex and you're like this is awful i'm this is terrible i can't why is this happening um i feel awful and she says this is real darkness it's not death or war or child molestation real darkness has love for a face the first death is in the heart, Harry. And when I read that line, like, it, I was just like, oh, it was like a gut punch to me. I don't know. Like, it was just, or not read, heard that line. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, so which brings me to the writing of the game in general. I think the pros of this game. So we've talked about games with good writing previously. And those games do have good writing. But I feel like this game has really good writing and just like the mm-hmm. pros like it the guy was a, the guy yeah. wrote a novel the guy is a writer again he learned about video games later like he like he was a writer first and like a game designer second and i think that really shows because the writing in this game is mm-hmm. um some of the best like actually like how it's actually written is really really good uh again my favorite in a game i've ever read i've ever um experienced yeah it's it is so good it because it's written Talking about the writing in this game is different than talking about how good the writing is mm-hmm. in another game because this game is written, and you can tell like a like an epic novel, like like a a, a novel piece of fiction. Like yeah. if you picked up a book, that is what this game is. You're playing out like this this epic book that, and it's every line is so like carefully curated mm-hmm. and poetic and the descriptions of your inner thoughts and observations and it's all so well crafted um it reminded me a lot of the writing style of one of my favorite book series called Malazan Empire Book of the Fallen which is like a massive massive huge series but the writer in there writes like absolute pure poetry to the point where his books are really really hard to read because sometimes it's just so so lengthy and his word usage is so like exhausting and hard to understand and convoluted sometimes because everything's almost like pure poetry but that's what this this game felt a lot like um just with how like beautifully written everything was what you were saying earlier how the side quests can be so enjoyable um Mm -hmm. something that this game does so well because it's it's not predictable it's almost it's so like gritty real in in this game where it it has like you're grounded in reality but sometimes you're hit with these kind of wild things you're like oh this is actually Mm -hmm. like finding the phasmid it was crazy yeah um but like the side quest of you're you're outside the bookstore and you start talking to this lady who's reading a magazine and you're like i'm a detective let me detective for you so you're just grilling her on where's your kids where's your husband your kids are lost they have to be lost and then she concludes no they're not lost and you're like well what about your husband is he lost and then She's like, well, he's been gone for a few days, and then you find out, like, he's a drunk, and you're like, well, I'm going to go on this mission and find your husband. And you're just like, okay, whatever. You're just a, a weird right. detective. And then you f- you find the dude, and he's dead 
on the pier and you're like, oh my gosh, like we actually found something here. And then you go back to this woman's apartment and, and like have- break the news. And it's like actually really heart wrenching that this silly little side quest did mm-hmm. turn into something more serious with more levity or um like more weight to it, which I actually bombed the delivery oh, no. of giving oh, her the no. news. And I felt horrible. What what did you do? It was what happened? Awful. It was something like like your intuition is telling you like how you need to like break break mm-hmm. this to her like easy and passion, compassionate and like like don't just come right out and say it and whatnot and then basically i i failed the check and i was just like i screamed he's dead Her husband's dead. <laughs> no. and then kim like looks at you like oh, with this shit. face of horror and after we left the building kim had you know mm-hmm. the few moments kim turns to you and you have a forced yeah. dialogue with him yeah and he's like he's like what the hell is that <laughs> Yeah, my yeah, my kid was like, "You did good." Yeah, if you if you succeeded, (laughs) it's really well written. And one thing I really like about it is like, like it's very nuanced in the way that it's written. It's not melodramatic. She doesn't immediately break into like wailing. You know, she like yep. You can tell that somewhere in her heart, she kind of like always knew this was a possibility, and like it's sad. But you know, she's like, "Okay, can you go now?" You know, Um, I'm like, I don't know, I. I don't know how much I want to reveal about my my day job, but I have to talk to like the families of people who have recently passed away on a very regular basis. And like people take death in all sorts of different ways. But like the re- the way her re- her actions are written, like I have talked with people who like that is how they deal with it, you know. And so like, I don't know, it's just. It's a very sad story, but I think it also is a really well-written story, and it's one that, like, I think will really stick with me from this game. Yeah. And this game just, yeah, it's a very human way of handling it. It's not... It's just, like, every other kind of aspect mm-hmm. of the storytelling, I think it executes it really well, and that's a particularly powerful yep. one. Um, um, One other thing... I know we're running long. We always run long. But one other thing I want to talk about regarding the writing... And um, I'm about to piss off anybody who might be reading, who might be listening. <laughs> I'm about to piss off the dear, dear baby listener. I hope you can forgive me. So, okay. One thing I like about this world mm-hmm. building, this game's, this game's world building, um, it uses a lot of what's called, or what I've heard called, I, again, I'm not a scholar on it or whatever, hard world building. So I don't know if you guys know what that mm-hmm. term kind of alludes to so there's hard building again i I saw this in a youtube video so i don't know it wasn't a video it wasn't a video about disco Mm -hmm. elysium but it was a video about this concept i don't know if that youtuber made this up but it's a really good paradigm to use when thinking about world building of hard world building versus soft world building so um hard world building is really concerned with the actual facts of like how this world exists and how it came to be this way and how the systems in this world work and soft world building is like, you know, they aren't they aren't really worried about like how does this world work. They're more worried about how does this, how does this world mm-hmm. feel. So an example of like hard world building would be like George R. R. Martin, right? Like the world of Westeros is extremely fleshed out. If you were to ask George R. R. Martin like what happened a hundred years ago before the events of the story, he would be able to tell you the entire lineage of every family. He'd be able to tell you the entire like all the different relationships, stuff like that. Um, an example of soft world building would be like 
Um, Harry Potter is a good example where like she just kind of seems throughout the series, however you feel about the author now or whatever, if you read the books how, through the series, the, she kind of just seems to be winging <laughs> the house yeah. stuff, like the, 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 the relationships between mm-hmm. the world. Um, or another really good example of world building that I know Rob at least enjoys is Miyazaki. Like, you know, you're not really, uh, it's not so much about like, this is how this works and this is how magic mm-hmm. works in this world. Like, this is like how, like. Um, it's more just about like, how does this world make you feel yeah. like whatever needs to happen to make, to sell you on the feeling of this world. Um, and so what I pers a pet peeve of mine, and this is why I I've never, whenever I've tried to read again, I'm about to piss off. I'm about to come across <laughs> like an asshole. Uh, why I've never enjoyed J.R.R. Tolkien's, uh, books, um, is that. He is like you know the king of like hard world building. Like mm. he literally made a whole world or whatever. And um, I find that he gets like if you're reading a lot of JR, if you're reading Tolkien, or and, and he's not the only one who does this. This is like I think a symptom of people who are very concerned with hard mm-hmm. world building. A lot of his characters aren't very personal or personable. They're more representations of like what is is in yeah. that world. Like Legolas is an elf first a person Mm -hmm. second like Gimli is a dwarf first a person second and what I like about this game coming back to the game is that the writer to me clearly did a lot of really hard world building Mm -hmm. so like you could there's mountains of dialogue about the history of this world about the revolution about the communists about the uh, about the 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 kings that were there beforehand about the um uh, about the the current geopolitical system, about the companies that are running the that are that own the docks versus the, the uh, versus the shipping companies that are like, if if you went to the writer of this of this uh, Kurvitz or, or or his team of writers and said like what happened twenty years ago prior to this thing happening, they would have a list of things that they know. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I like about this game is that it has its cake and eats it too because the characters are not. Um, they are they are people first, mm-hmm. and then they may mm-hmm. also have opinions about the world too. Like they are like, you can go your whole playthrough and not give a shit about the history of mm-hmm. Revishal and still have an amazing time and get a feel for the game. Um, and, whereas a lot of like other pieces that are like have a lot of hard world building, like Tolkien, like J J R R Martin or George R R Martin. If you do not engage with the world building of those of those authors. You're missing mm-hmm. out on like a, a big point of the of the story, and this game deck does both. Like, if you want to dive into the world of Revishal, you can. And in Elysium, you can. If you want to just ignore that and fucking sing karaoke, you can. And both are going to be extremely satisfying experiences. So, yep. I'm sorry, I may cut that. I don't know or shorten it. That's a long rant. I just uh, one thing I really like about this game is that it does both hard. It, it does hard world building, but doesn't fall into a lot of the traps sure. that I think hard world building often yeah. does. So, um anyway do you guys have any criticisms with any of the like ways anything is written i know that i have one um uh no no. (laughs) (laughs) go ahead so i think the like i've only been saying nice things so someone needs to come in here and bring the heat i think the like one that really stands out to me is the way that the game deals with racism because you run into people who are racists but i they don't feel like realistic depictions of racism to me. Like the the one who's like the biggest, he's like Mich- 
machine head or motor head. You know who I'm talking about? Measure head. Yeah. Which Measurehead. like the dude is like coded in bodies. He's literally a phrenologist where like he thinks that like the shape of your cranium like has and you know, like tells stuff about you. And I'm not saying that there aren't racists who are like that, but I don't think that's what like most racism that we run into today is like. And so like, it, it's fine to say it's just a story. It doesn't have to be relative to what our world is like. But at the same time, I guess I would have liked a more subtle depiction of what racism is like that I could take something more away from. Because the racists in this game are so cartoonishly racist that, like, and again, there's there are people out there who are like that. But the majority of racism that's out there today is not that on its face. Um, and I just would have liked to see something more subtle from it, but. So I do think that, Mm -hmm. I think that, well, again, I'm treading into some dangerous waters, um, (laughs) but, uh, um, uh, I think that there are more subtle depictions of racism and you see it by how some people treat Kim. I think Mm. that is the more subtle, um, like there's a few people that give like that kind of treat Kim differently or give him dirty looks or whatever because of his uh, because of his race. One one aspect in particular stands out, and it's the, not the not the cryptozoologist because he's mm-hmm. a delight. His, his partner, partner. Okay, I do remember that. Is like you mm-hmm. can't. It's like he's really he's subtly again mm-hmm. far be it from me to determine what is subtle and unsubtle and offensive and unoffensive, but he's compared to Measurehead, who is like, yeah, this, he's literally a phrenologist. Mm -hmm. Um, He's a lot more subtle than like Measurehead. Um, And you can coax it out of him. If you like, if you talk to him to get him to be more upfront with his beliefs. And he's actually the owner of the cup. I don't know if you guys uncovered that, like the cup that the racist cup you find in the dumpster, Mm -hmm. it's his. Oh, I didn't know. So he will like when you first approach, he'll, like, he gives some kind of more subtle dialogue. Like he mm-hmm. says, like something that's like, un, like kind of in poor taste or something, or, or gives a side eye. I don't remember the exact, I don't remember the exact interaction, mm. but he gives Kim like a, like some kind of thing that indicates like, oh, this guy might be an asshole. Yeah. Um, and then I think you can coax it out of him. Um, and then there's another racist who's standing outside the frites. The um, lorry driver, but he was yeah, also like very he's also forward about on his the racism. Yeah. So, and the uh, the other thing I would say, were the Hardy Boys? Did they have? I can't remember if I just completely didn't like them for different. I don't reasons. think I don't remember think they were racist um, because they were sort of. No, maybe not. Um, I, I do think I do think that okay. the game um, has to wear. Or maybe it didn't have to. So I, I think mm-hmm. it's a fair criticism to be like, oh, these are caricatures of real yeah. ideas and real problems. Um, other ideologies, which to say racism is an ideology is obviously like it, it's incredibly toxic and obviously not mm-hmm. on the same level. But I think it presents that in the same way that it presents everything. Like mm-hmm. the people that are like communists are incredibly like over the top like if you play a communist yeah. in the game like you're not like a subtle communist with like <laughs> you know like well let's think about how we're going to redistribute the means you're a full-blown mm-hmm. like just like the, you know the bourgeoisie must be killed and like you know the proletariat needs to like seize all of them like, you're, you're not subtle and same thing if you become like um if you become like the the neoliberal like like capitalist like whatever like like all all of the like i think all of the ideologies are mm-hmm. incredibly on the nose. Now, hmm. 
maybe having racism or fascism be one of those ideologies that you know yeah in the first place is potentially you know you know not you could yeah. argue is not a good choice but i i think it does present that ideology in the same way that um it presents the other ideologies um for better or for worse so that's um, fair and i think i think the game i think there's something to be said about like hopefully for playing this game you know that mm-hmm. that is awful yeah um the game isn't trying to teach you a moral lesson. It's letting you make your choices about like someone who's racist and who's someone who's awful and has awful thoughts and is very open about their awful thoughts are not going to present them as being awful. So the game doesn't mm-hmm. present them as being awful. Like hopefully you just know, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, so I, but again, like far be it from me to, to say how that race is, how it handles it is good or bad, but <laughs> it's a tricky. No, I mean, yeah it would be great if it just straight up admonished it but mm-hmm. um and just didn't yeah um but again from what i understand if you actually go down a racist route the game people do treat you worse i, I don't know i don't know what's the right answer to how to handle that <laughs> um, yeah so it's tricky and the game does it has so much to chew on also like that's not its primary objective to explore that too so yeah but um, but I will say after listening to Measurehead spout his ideologies for like so three awful. minutes, I just in dialogue. I didn't even. Like, it felt read it. One of the best feelings in the <gasps> game was knocking that motherfucker out. Oh, you got man. to knock him out. It felt so. I felt like such a badass. Like I almost stood up from my chair and cheered. It was so awesome. The scene was. Oh, just that's so awesome! Good. Yeah, I, I I was never physically fit enough yeah, to do I, that. I clocked him cold, and uh, and it's funny. So first, you you sucker punch him, or you punch him right in the throat. And while he's reeling, you have two options. One is like go go in for another like haymaker swing. And finish the job. Or another one is like back up, do a flying 360 spin (laughs) kick. And you're like, okay, obviously not that one. So you try to punch him again. And he like catches your fist and then like breaks you. Like he stands up slowly and like you crumple. Uh, So I was like, no, no. So I did it again. And the correct choice is the flying 360 (laughs) spin kick. And it was so awesome. (laughs) yeah yeah good okay well uh i think we've (laughs) plumbed the depths um should we decide should we cast our judgment i mean do we want to talk about the resolution of the big mystery oh right yeah we can talk about the actual the actual plot of the game yeah (laughs) sure 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 um yeah i wasn't really super satisfied Mm -hmm. with who it ends up being i mean Again, I think it's kind of grounded in realism. Like, in real life, like, a lot of mysteries aren't going to have this amazing, like, denouement, like, parlor scene where the the murderer is this, like, really emotionally satisfying answer. Like, a lot of times murderers are just random assholes, and that's kind of, like, what this ends up Mm -hmm. being, more or less. Um, It's not like, yeah, like, I, I, it's not like an Agatha Christie novel where you could have figured out who the murderer was earlier on. Who right. the murderer is, you literally cannot find out until you run into them, and you don't run into them until the end of the game. Um, which, like, 
I don't mind personally because I like you said, Figgy, like that's kind of grounded and realistic. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, like I found the interaction with him really interesting. Like it's dark and sad and fucked up, but um, I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, in part, you're you've come mm-hmm. to expect. You're you're thinking that this is a there's a huge like conspiracy behind the murder. Like there's people mm-hmm. behind it. There's reasons for it because of the repercussions of what everyone else is doing. Cause they're all assuming. So it's starting like this crazy chain of events where you think it goes deeper and it turns out to just be a tragic murder of this guy with no real political faction behind it or anything like that. But it's inevitably devolving into like close to war, like full scale war because of all the politics surrounding his death even though none of these players you've been interrogating have really been responsible Mm -hmm. for it like um like it wasn't like a planned assassin or anything like that so that it's kind of a letdown you're like oh it's just a wrong place wrong time sort of he did have like political motivation but also potentially emotional motivation that also if you explored the phasmid story enough potentially a like psychologically induced motivation from having gone insane from exposure to the phasmid for too long. Um, yeah. Which I thought was really interesting that the phasmid, again, the storyline that seemed like a kind of a waste of time because Kim kept rolling his eyes at it is actually an important part of understanding the motives of the killer. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yep, go ahead. No, no, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're good. I, I talked for a minute. Go ahead. <laughs> you did not talk nearly as long as I have. <laughs> well, I talked for 15 seconds, and it's time for Figgy to talk again. Don't want to make him angry. <laughs> he needs to talk for another 15 minutes. I had my I had my 20 seconds. Figgy needs his 10, 10 minutes. I can keep going uh, if you want. I, I don't know. Uh, whatever. Okay. Um, but, no, yeah, that just the character is... Um, mm-hmm. I think I, I think I would have been more satisfied, kind of like what you said, if you had met him earlier. Hmm. Um, it's just because at the end he just kind of shows up. It's like, oh, okay, this random this guy that I don't know or care about or mm-hmm. did it. Um, his conversation is interesting for sure, but yeah, I, I, I think it could have from a satisfaction point. Oh man, my 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 dog is behind me and he is farting nonstop. <laughs> it is. Just... Oh no. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't I don't know how something that tiny and cute can Jeez. create something so awful and deadly noodles. <laughs> I can see his tail <laughs> wagging. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, okay. Um <laughs> But yeah, so I mean like I, I, again, I thought it was like grounded and interesting mm-hmm. but not satisfying. But I mean, this game doesn't seem to, there's so many other little satisfying things in this game, you know. Like, like the impression I got is almost at the end that like the murder isn't the reason you played this game. It's kind of like what I walked away mm-hmm. feeling after that interaction, which is true. Yeah. Which to me was true. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, in some ways, I feel like you could kind of make the argument that the murderer, in some ways, is the city of Revachol. Like mm. the history of Revachol, the history of 
the uprising there because the the guy who is the murderer was like a part of this communist uprising that happened like 50 years before the game is set and he's kind of just been living in isolation ever since and um did you guys get the dialogue where it turned out he had worked forever hard at one point yeah, yeah. he yes. like murdered somebody or something at yeah some point so something. he like assassinated mm-hmm. someone presumably on behalf of everhart um, so again, there's like part of that history of the world, like contributing to who he was on the day where, you know, you, you reveal this guy has been like living alone on this Island in the middle of the city. And just like, he has this sniper rifle and will just like look through the scope and see people. And this one night he saw that guy and, and Classia who he was in a relationship with and he just was feeling angry and took a shot and it hit. Um, I don't know. I kind of almost got the impression that like, maybe those weren't the only two murders he had done as well. Like I kind of got the sense that like Revachal is such a violent place and like the uh, law and order there is so, um, you know, like it's not, you get the sense that the police officers are very much understaffed and there's just a lot of violence in Revachal and you learn there's like guns hidden everywhere from the revolution. So it, it see, it feels very believable to me that this dude could have just like been picking people off on the streets of Martinez for who knows how long. Um, but just like, because it's such a violent place, like no one knew, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's a really good way of looking at it, is that it was ultimately the city that killed her, killed him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a really great way. That's a really lovely way of putting at it. Putting it. It's almost like that would be an insight you would get from Shivers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, cue any other thoughts about the overarching plot or the writing or anything else, because we're, we're barreling towards the end. Um. Not so much. I mean, the yeah, the ending was slightly anticlimactic, save for the phasmid, which mm-hmm. was a, a very creepy, creepy scene. When it was awesome. Um, I really enjoyed the I... recap at the end. Mm-hmm. I think that was more enjoyable than everything on the previously on the island. Um, going back, running into like finally learning the truth mm-hmm. of these two people. They're your partners, and they basically go over all of your deeds and judge you yep. there on the spot, like. It's kind of like a, how well did you do on this playthrough? Um, how are you perceived? And that was that was pretty interesting and satisfying to kind of get, you know, final word, like verdict yeah. on your, I guess, performance of the Especially game. Especially if Kim is on your yeah. side and he, like, sticks up for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the things Kim has to yeah. say just, like, really warmed my heart. Um, Which, again, you can make him to where he doesn't like you, and I think mm-hmm. he trashes you and, like, tries, yeah. So I tried, I played pretty, I played the mm-hmm. game pretty straight, like, um, like trying to, you know, make good decisions, reasonable decisions. Sometimes I would try to do bad things, but I disappointing Kim was so heartbreaking that I couldn't like let myself yeah. do it. I yeah. had to make him proud. It was really <laughs> hard to, to be an asshole. Yeah. He's kind of like the compass in the game, mm-hmm. right? Like he both morally and also like he keeps you on track. You know, like yeah. he's your rock. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, one other thing about the cultural significance is I feel like this game hasn't been replicated yet. Yeah. Um, apparently, there's a new indie game called Pentiment that people are playing these days. 
that people are describing as Disco Elysium-esque mm. that I wouldn't mind checking out. But I would love to see more games do this. For sure. Um, it's going to be a very hard lightning to make strike twice just because, like, you need to have an incredibly talented writer. Uh, yeah. And not just an incredibly talented writer, someone who's used to writing in a branching format, which, like, yeah. is not something that... challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. But yeah, I would love to see more games like Disco. Yeah, and with the whole state of the company and the writer and mm-hmm. their relationship, I'm not sure we ever will yeah. from this from this team again. So, um, okay, let's talk. Uh, hold on. <clears throat> Sorry, brain fart. I was thinking about something. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, talking for a long time, my brain starts to go. Good. It was um, a brain fart. I really thought it was another noodle fart that you were writing through there. <laughs> No. <laughs> Just white knuckling it. <laughs> Let's determine if this game is a goat. Um, I will go first since I gave the elevator pitch. I do think this game is a goat. Uh, It's why I suggested it that we play it. (laughs) Um, Shocked. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I do. I love uh, this game. Um, I uh, absolutely 100% a goat. It's, like I said, the best prose um, I've ever read in a video game. Um, Random throwaway lines are either hilarious or, like, heart-wrenching or just completely empathy-inducing in ways that I feel like and not only good for video games are good just writing by for any medium. Um, some of the most engaging characters ever put to a video game, in my opinion. Um, aesthetically, it's beautiful in a tragic, rundown way. Um, and like I said, this is the only game. This is one of the games that makes me feel like I'm role playing as much as when I play mm-hmm. a tabletop RPG. Um, so many games have the title or like the 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 hashtag of like RPG or whatever, and like. None of them make me actually role play. In this game, I role played. I roll. I, I determined what kind of person Harry was going to be, um, and then I would say on like a like a heavier note, in asking you who Harry is and how he thinks, the game is asking you who you are and how you think, and so because of that, I would absolutely give this game a goat. Um, I will fifty fifty it for the next person okay rob um yeah i i agree i think it's a goat um there's no other game that is like this game um there's no i can't think of any game that i would say has better writing than this um the voice acting is all incredible just like the experience moment to moment is incredible and like it's a game that I think will really like stick with me. Um, there's, you know, I've played so many games that like it was fun while it lasted, but like I'm going to forget it, you know, or like I'll just remember mm-hmm. little bits and pieces. But like Disco Elysium has so many parts that just like speak to your heart, speak to your emotions. They tug on your heartstrings, but not in a melodramatic way, in like a real way. Um, and like the weight of the impact that playing it has on 
had on me at least is just like I I know I can never forget this game and like what type of experience it was. So it's just as it's unequivocally a goat for me. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Q. How do you feel about this game? It's okay. You can Um, can be honest. This was a this this was a really tough one to 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 rate because because I this game is so unique and there I really don't have any other game experience to compare it with. I feel like I don't know if there's any I'm sure there are games that are similar to this. I haven't played them, um but this one just feels like it really stands alone for exactly what Disco Elysium is. Um so it's kind of hard hard to to judge it without any other experiences, but even though it's it's I don't exactly love the game it's I don't think that's the fault of the game I think that depends on the type of person who plays it the game is very emotionally exhausting and it's because it's it's like diving into a novel it's kind of the same like you have to be in the same mood of sitting down to read a book you need to feel like you want to sit down to read a book opposed to other video games where you just zone out and you're just, you know, playing a video game. It's, it's, it's a different experience. Um, but it it was incredible that I, I'll start with this. I think the game, I think the game is a goat. Um, Huzzah. The writing was phenomenal. It was phenomenal writing. Um, it was, it was so beautifully done. It, the game was so carefully crafted. The, the level, like the map design, um, the dialogue design, the voice acting, the RPG system is what really sold me and blew my mind of of your choices mattering because you're creating your character basically throughout the whole story. And it changes so wildly and your experiences can change so drastically on you know your stat points, what you don't even get the option of seeing in the game. Or what will show up in the game is entirely dependent on the way your character thinks and, you know, how your build is. So I think it deserves it. Um, Even though it is so unique, I don't have a lot of other games to compare it with. It's obviously, this game is a a piece of art. It's it's beautifully done. Yes. (laughs) I see that smug face. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think you were going to give it a goat, Q, because some of your... I mean, this episode, you've been pretty glowing, but behind the scenes, you were a little bit more, like, reserved on it. Kind of like well, you said, it, like, it wasn't it was, for you. It was tough to to get through. Like, it took me a long time. I mean, Bioshock, I put 56 hours in in two weeks. This game, I put 36 hours in yeah. in a month. yeah. Just because it's harder to sit down, to be in the right headspace, to feel like sitting down and playing this game. I definitely get that. Um, I had like I played this over two months, and there were times where I'd take a break for like a couple weeks just to like you know take a break from it because <laughs> it is a yeah. lot. Yeah, yeah. I definitely. I mean, I totally think that's fair. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, we did it. Another <laughs> one. In for the, another one down in the books, gang. There we go. Um. Dear baby listener, thank you for listening to us and our thoughts about uh, Disco Elysium. Um, it's a great game. You should go play it if you haven't, um, or don't. I don't. You know, yeah, I can't tell you what to do. Um, my name is Alan Newton. Um, uh, I go by Figgy underscore O on Twitch. If you want to follow me there, 
Um, I'm joined today by Q. Sup, I'm Q. Um, also, some people call me Rat. By the way, please check out our... We have a YouTube now. Um, Goat Games... I guess slash YouTube, whatever that is. It's it's called Go Games. <laughs> it has our um, little logo but on it. Check it out because we're gonna be um we're gonna be putting you know snippets of of us recording the podcast. You know we'll have highlights. Um, you may even see faces and cameras. Uh, we have a Let's Play channel where um, I'm playing video games right now with with uh, with Figgy and hopefully some of the other. Uh, uh, co-hosts where we just kind of banter and have fun and play through different games. Uh, so check it out. It should be a good time. Oh yeah. And um, I'm I'm gonna plug all the stuff too. And just and uh, but and we also have uh Rob. Yeah, I'm a uh, Rob Super Captain Rob on Twitch. So Twitch.tv/slash/SuperCaptainRob. I do variety streaming. We play lots of different types of games, but it's also just a lot of interaction with my community who are all incredibly lovely and very welcoming. So if you'd like to come by and hang out, I would love to say hi to you. My community, I promise, would also love to say hi to you. So, hey, come on by and hang out if it sounds like a good time. Nice. Wonderful. And just some uh, housekeeping. Um, This podcast is produced in association with The Network. Um, you can find our podcast and other great shows at www.bicbp-radio.com. Um, we have, as Q mentioned, we have an addition to our, uh, podcast feeds. We have a YouTube channel, um, where we will hopefully be, uh, where Q has already started posting some of our old episodes, our whole episodes there. And then hopefully we might have some clips, some YouTube shorts or something trying to game that algorithm. Um, we also have a Twitter uh, currently, I don't know. Twitter kind of seems to maybe be burning down the house. The walls <laughs> are closing in. I don't know. But right now, we do still have a Twitter at Goat Games Pod. Mm-hmm. Um, you can email us directly at GoatGamesPodcast at gmail.com. We would love, 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 love to hear from y'all. Um, we have a Facebook page. That's there. Also, please like and subscribe to whatever podcast service you prefer and leave lots of stars at those services and leave an, a review on apple podcasts please and thank you if you like us tell the truth if you didn't like us then lie it's for a good cause tell your friends tell your family tell your enemies i don't care just tell people about the podcast did that uh probably sounded a little too desperate too late now um i think that's all of our socials uh join us again next episode where we will be discussing bayonetta 2 bayonetta 2 should be much lighter (laughs) yeah exactly the last few games have been a little bit of a bummer (laughs) well i mean mario mario was good but bioshock in this game were kind of bummers um but you know it takes all kinds of video games takes all kinds so uh yeah we'll be playing bayonetta 2 unless something changes that's the plan um okay till next time listener ggs
Dear baby listener, thank you for joining us today. Today we are discussing. <laughs> <laughs> Get it together, man. <laughs> He's just getting into character for the main Sorry, character I'm, of this game. I'm getting into character, yes, for the game. Yes, thank you, Rob. Rob appreciates my method acting. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, Morty, come on, we gotta, we gotta get out of here, Morty. I don't have a mute button. At Jeez. least I went away from the microphone to do it. Okay. All right. You want to do that again? <laughs> no, it's perfect as is. Yes, I want to do it again. <laughs> what are you talking about? That was perfect. Start talking about the game, guys. Go. Oh. Dear sweet baby listener. Okay. No, not again. All right, go go ahead and start recording so everyone can hear me break cue about eating on mic again. You you don't think this is like the opposite of ASMR for a lot of people. Like like hearing someone eat is like, like nails on a chalkboard for some people. You ever see a hippo eat a turtle? Or have you ever uh, heard it? I have not seen that. Uh, this is so, that's so disarming. <laughs> I, I was not ready for that at all. Got uh, I have, I have not, I've not heard that. Um, okay, well, well, have you seen it? Have you seen this? A hippo eating a turtle? No. Yeah. Why would I have seen no. that? No, has Q seen it? What? Hell no. I ain't no freak. Just asking so you just that. made that up. You just made that up to throw me off. You just tried to. Okay, you're avoiding the question. You're avoiding the. Uh... I mean, you've seen how delicious they make watermelons look, and what's crunchier than a watermelon? A big turtle. I mean, that's like legit. Why turtles are endangered is because like people ate hippos. too many of them. Oh, people. not hippos. People. <laughs> people. Because of the, the hippo scourge. It was like a thing enough. where like sailors would make a shitload of turtle soup. So that's why, like, a bunch of those, like, island-specific turtle species, like Galapagos, are, like, endangered, from my understanding, is that, like, is it good when soup, explorers it were traveling around. I, I don't know. Um, I mean, like, it doesn't sound appealing to me, but I also Well, have, they like, come with a bowl. It's really nice. That like, is, you know, I you think, just... legit part of what the appeal was, <laughs> is the bowl is there. But... Designed by our... <laughs> Designed by our creator to be to be souped. <laughs> Just flip them over and go to town. <laughs> I need to get a big blanket, dude. This window is killing me. It's so bright and shiny on my head. You do look a little bit like God is visiting you. You look like you're being visited <laughs> so by an angel. <laughs> <laughs> you look like you're being visited by an angel. Be not oh afraid, Q. Gosh, it's Be not afraid, crazy. Rat Parade. <laughs> anyway, sorry. It's just distracting no, me. <laughs> uh, okay. Anything else, anybody? Anybody doing it? How have y'all been for the past month? Past two months? Past year? Yeah. Anybody have anything else? I think we have enough material for a cold open, but you guys are also just my buddies. So, um... Anybody have anything going on? Absolutely nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Just trucking like normal. <laughs> yep. 
That's about it. There was a cat in my backyard yesterday. Ooh. Oh, yeah. A cat. Yeah. What a. This is the lives of um, super popular, incredible content creators <laughs> and influencers. This is. Um,